Are we? Uh, I see. It's that goddamn delay. I'm still 15 seconds behind. It always makes me nervous when I watch those kind of countdowns too, because it's like, oh shit, something really bad's gonna happen. <laughs> it's like disarm it, bitch. <laughs> Hello, poopy pants. Doing good. Doing good. It's huge. Hey, are you are you muted? It's saying it's saying you're muted. There you go. Top-notch professionalism, fucking at its best. I love it. I think we also, uh, that uh, whole uh, let's not cuss before the first minute of that, like that's out the window. Shit, I forgot. Goodness gracious. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I heard you the last time. That's weird that you can hear me and my mic was off. Can you guys hear me? Someone in the chat, let me know. I need to know. <laughs> Ghost detective said his mouth is moving fast. It was. Eric said it's You know, You know, some poor soul was watching that, and they were like, holy shit, I'm having a fucking stroke. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, I can't hear anything. But I, I see your mouth moving, moving but no wants are coming out. <laughs> When you have anxiety too, that's all it takes to send you to a panic attack. Like I can't hear, I'm having a stroke. It's like no, dude, the TV's yeah, do. you're fine. That's what, ha yeah, dude. You get that little fluttery feeling. And you're like, oh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> what I was trying to say was um, that we have an awesome show tonight. Uh, first hour, we're just going to talk some movie news. We're going to hang out, talk about what we watched this week. The second hour in the show, in case you don't know, which I'm sure you all know, we've got Alan McElroy and McElroy. I'm going to have to ask him how to say that correctly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The writer of the new wrong turn, the writer of the very first wrong turn, the writer of Halloween fucking four, man. Whoa, wait. Holy crap. The writer of Spawn, the animated series, the writer of Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee, the writer of Spawn, the movie, and tons of yep. shit. Some Star Trek in there. Good God. The guy's talented. The guy is very, very amazing. His work is awesome. I got to say, other than Halloween four and the wrong turn reboot, obviously, but the Spawn series, man, I fucking, whoa, wait. Good stuff. So many goddamn uh, memories on that one, especially the H the animated series when we were kids. Yeah, Hulk. dude. HBO late at night. Yeah, dude. Watching you, a cartoon, you be, but feeling wrong. Yeah, because it was like a lot of nudity, and we shouldn't have been watching it. But right after that, then the Hanson brothers would come on and sing Umba. <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was on MTV After Hours or some shit. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait. Uh, the only thing about tonight's show, and I'll tell you guys now, is we only have Alan for 30 minutes. So I, I will have to ask that we don't. And I'll remind you guys before we do it. Uh, to, I don't want you guys to do super chats while we're talking to him because I'd feel bad if we don't get to them. Uh, if we get to an opportunity, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, if we get to go longer or something like that, then we could do something like that. But we got a lot of movies to pack into that little 30 minutes. So uh, we're going to ask lots of just spicy sexual stuff. Not literally, mm -hmm. but it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. I just wait. want to make it as awkward and uncomfortable for him as it is for everybody else that watches this on the weekly. <laughs> I'm sure it will be, Jim. 
I'm sure. The first thing I want to know is his last name. When you mentioned, I just wanted to say it like I, it sounds like an Irish beer that he came up with his last name, that, like McElroy. Yeah, get a McElroy. Like, hey, man, grab a man. grab a McElroy when you go to the Buffalo Wild Wings and McElroy. check out the game with a McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> the writer's beer, McElroy. Yeah. yeah. What is this copper mug I'm drinking out, dude? If someone shoots no. at me, I'll be safe. I'll just put it over my mouth. No, no, it looks like it looked like you got that shit at a yard sale near Flea, uh, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> no, my wife tried a Moscow Mule and liked them, so we ordered the whole cutlery for it. We made like two, mm. and then now I just have cups. Moscow Mule just sounds like a fucking sex show from Mexico. <laughs> like, hey, have you heard of the Moscow Mule? It's like, Jesus Christ, I'm Kelly and this is my mule. I thought Kelly was a girl. Kelly could be a man, too. <laughs> it's, it's more like a, uh, uh, it sounds like a fighter. The Moscow Mule. Kind of, yeah. What some people call Mitch McConnell, but we won't get into that. Not today. Not no, he today. looks more like the, the fucking turtle from the Tootsie Pop commercials or the Tootsie thing. <laughs> like, I don't know, the one with the little glasses. Like, remember those old commercials? Yeah. Oh, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, he looks just like that. Old Turkey Neck McConnell will get you. Yeah, yeah. Got to watch for him, man. Uh, how's the sound, guys? I think the sound's good tonight. I think we got a nice even level, but let me know if it's not. Well, I um, did hear somebody in the, one of the comments said that the mic was too loud, so I did turn it down a little bit, so hopefully it's not too low. It sounds good. It sounds sexy to me, but then again, they hear something different, so you know what I mean? You know can't what I mean? believe everything the chat says, but maybe we can. Speaking of not believing everything that the chat says, dude, I was watching, uh, not the chat itself, but not believing everything you hear. One of the things that I've been watching recently, uh, uh, that three-part series on HBO Max, that uh, Paradise Falls shit. I'm, oh, is that the, uh, uh, the, the one West, about the, the, West, the kids? The West Memphis Three, yeah, yeah about the satanic dude. kids. Dude, what wow. the fuck? You're talking about, like, I don't know who the fuck handled that case, Andy Griffith and Barney, Barney Five, because that shit was goddamn garbage. The way they... The police handled that in the investigation man. was fucked up. Dude, they took a goddamn statement about a man bleeding inside of a Bojangles who had who had muddy shoes, was disoriented, bleeding from the right arm. The the dumb bitch came, the, 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 the patrol man, they took the statement from the witness in the Bojangles in the drive-thru window. They didn't even go in and look. <laughs> they didn't care, man. They had some kids with Metallica shirts on, so they must have been Satanists. That's literally I, I, their logic for that case, by the way. Well, then, and then when they send the detective back the next day at the Bojangles, they go into the bathroom where the where the, the suspect was or the guy that was bleeding, and they took some blood samples off the wall, right? Then they fucking say they lost it. They're like, yeah, we don't, we didn't send it to the lab because we lost it, man. I don't know what happened to it. You know, I was out there fishing. I was like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't be using this as bait, but it's too late. Yeah. I was like, you, it was literally the most fucking hillbilly fucking like Mayberry bullshit police work I've ever seen in my life. Every single one of them. Did. And it was, it's funny. Cause when that documentary is as they're having the interview with them post uh, after the trial, you can tell they're all full of shit. They have no idea what they're talking about and they know they're fucked. Yeah. Like that Gitchell guy, the, the, the lead detective on the case, he said, this will be my last case, man. I was like, yeah, you're going to get the fuck out of Dodge. Cause you fucked up. You dropped the ball. You fumbled the hell out of that investigation. So yeah, make it your last case. You got the conviction. Now get the fuck gone. Yeah. They might as well have had the guy from the, the, my pillow CEO running that shit, dude. That whole case was fucking foobar from the beginning. And it again, terrible. When I, I know you've heard me talk about it before, how people like, you know, uh, well, at least specifically back in the day, like back in the nineties and like in a town, town like our or, uh, state, like Arkansas, yeah. it probably would happen in Kentucky too. Everybody was so mm. worried about Satan and satanic panic was a big thing and these were just some metalhead kids that you know didn't didn't walk the line didn't look like well, everybody else and they were like uh some kids died that guy's got a metallica shirt on he fucking did it 
Get him, <laughs> kill know? him. Get him. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, one of the wor- the one of the most obvious glaring fucking problems with it was like the the one kid, um, uh, Jesse. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but one of the the, the he apparently had an IQ level of seventy two. Okay, you think about Forrest Gump in the movie Forrest Gump had an IQ level of 70. So he had a lot of IQ level of 72. They interrogated that that poor guy for 12 fucking hours and only 41 minutes of the interrogation tape was available. He was he was interrogated for 12 hours without any kind of legal representation or his parents being there. And he was underage, by the way. And they only had 41 minutes of a confession on tape. Yeah. So where the fuck was the other hours? Yeah, that dude could have been in there putting his finger in his butt or anything. I mean, well, hell. not to mention the fact that one of the first things he said when they asked him about because they were like, you know, he could have been giving a false statement because he was slow and you were coercing coercing him to fucking say what you want. Yeah. One of the first things he says is they were like, what time of the day, the day did the murders happen? He said around noon. It happened at night. <laughs> so he didn't even know. And then yeah. they just he's like, you mean maybe I think you mean like six or seven o'clock at night. I'm like, yeah, and he just started agreeing with what they were saying. So you were leading him to get him around the time that you – I was like, yeah, good God. Dude. It's it's like the Stephen Avery case, the making a murder that everybody freaked out about. If this had happened a little bit later on. I feel like it, it wouldn't have gotten as far as it did because of uh, true crime reporters and shit like that. But, yeah, those kids got fucked, man. I mean, yeah. in the worst well, of ways. I, I know, dude. And I think that uh, – I didn't – I haven't watched the all the episode three yet, but um, – uh, April looked up something about it. They they took some kind of plea. They can't sue the state of Arkansas or or the police department, West Memphis, because of some kind of plea they took. Yeah. So they so the 18 years of life they lost, they can't even fucking sue for any kind of compensation for that or that their names were ruined. Yeah. Or they wouldn't let them out. Probably. You know, what well, I, mean? I think I think they're out now. I think it was 18 yeah. years they served. It's insane. You can't you can't give somebody enough money to make up for that, dude. That's a sad yeah. story, man. That's why well, you, I, I don't even—I don't think because... you could sue him to fucking get an apology. No. Or that's... like the West Memphis Police Department, be like, "Yeah, we fucked up. We're sorry about that, man." Here's a here's a goddamn Bojangles uh, gift certificate. <laughs> Go ahead and have yourself. <laughs> yeah. By the way, there's blood in every Bojangles in America. <laughs> you know what dude, I mean? Like the, that the Bojangles. Mean shit. The Bojangles around here that before it closed, dude, some uh, some poor fucker got some raw chicken. I was like, that doesn't surprise me. That motherfucker's still probably like quacked. A duck quack. I, I used <laughs> to real chicken. I used to think Bojangles sucked ass, but their breakfast biscuit is pretty damn good. It's kind of spicy. They got the Hardy's yeah. biscuit, but they got a Cajun uh, 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 chicken biscuit in there. Their hash yeah. browns is what well, you you do not want to touch it because their hash browns are big and they're thick, so they're like soggy in the middle, and they smell mm. like they smell like they're cooked in a Captain D's. Bojangles mm. hash browns dude, are the worst. Every time you bring up Captain D's, I remember that one chick I did it. Brittany, you dated her too. Yeah, dude. I can't say her last name, but every time, like, dude, I just want, I, it's mean, but, dude, I picked her up one day from work, and she smelled like straight-up tartar sauce, and I made her sit outside the car for, like, 10 minutes so it could get off the clothes. But I got outside the car with her and talked. Like, I didn't make it a weird deal. I was like, don't you get in my goddamn car smell like tartar sauce. I got I got out of the car. I'm like, hey, you know what? It's a really nice day. Let's talk out here for a while before we uh, I take you home. And she's like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, because you made it seem like you were like, don't you get in my car. You stay no, outside. I, no, that's what I said. I didn't. Do, I, didn't I wasn't like that. I was a little smoother about it. But I was like, I'm going to actually get out and stretch my legs for a little bit. It's a really nice day, and I love this kind of like, air or something. She was like, you start spraying okay. her with Lysol? <laughs> I did that. I know. I just hung a fucking air freshener on her neck. I was like, this necklace I got for you, it's a, it's an, it's a, memo, it's a memento of my undying affection. Hey, speaking of that, boys. Valentine's Day is coming up. Don't don't be left waiting. I wish we had a sponsor to go into right now, like MyFlowers.com. I don't. I just Sometimes you forget, and you fuck up. And trust me, no matter what women say, they might say, I don't want nothing, honey. Don't get me nothing. You better do something. That's a trap, and it's a lie. Okay? Yeah. 
Maybe, yeah, I don't believe know. Believe it. Believe it. I'm not, uh, you know, even if it's just a, a goddamn one of those big ass stuffed teddy bears that you got to walk through Walmart right. with and everybody looks around at you like, I don't know, because they all know. They're like, you forgot Valentine's Day was coming up. You're like, yeah, it doesn't I have did. to call. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Oh, yeah. There's nothing like being with the, the other dudes like Valentine's Day morning in Kroger holding you like see them all holding the shitty flowers that were left over in the cards. And there's other dudes there. And you're like, yeah, I know you all make you all make like furative eye contact like you're in the back of a porn room, but you really don't want to make eye contact with like as you're looking through the, the selection. It's like that weird, weird, nervous, like, look, you're like, I know, I know, I know you did it, I know. But uh, do this one time, I remember I, I got a Valentine's gift uh, for, uh, I, it wasn't my ex, uh, slut, but it was somebody else before her. And uh, she, I was saying a lot, it was so embarrassing. Dude. There, there was a woman in front of me and and the little boy, and she was like, she's like, you getting that for your girlfriend? It was like, it was just like a rose or something. I was like, yeah, but it was the day of Valentine's. Like, I had forgot. Like, I didn't, I wasn't planning to get anything. I was like, fuck that. I was like, no, I better do it. And then she was like, now, look here, Billy, when you get older, that's the kind of man you need to be right there. And I was like, you know, Billy, don't worry about it. Like, actually, you might want to plan ahead before this happens because that's they literally did. They had one rose left and it was fucking it was dying. It was yeah. like a cheap ass rose. Yeah. I don't care. You know, if you got to write a poem, draw a picture, you got to do something, though. Actually, this is uh, it's a it's a bigger one for me if I fuck it up because it's actually Katie and I's anniversary. Oh, yeah, well, that'll uh, be it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. for Not marriage anniversary, which we barely ever celebrate our marriage anniversary. We always celebrate this one, but it'll be uh, 14 years uh, on February 14th. Then it got the kid's birthday the day after that, so it's an expensive week for me, Jim. Yeah. Them goddamn credit card statements going to bite you in the butt. <laughs> they get you. they hold on to you. I you got that dog grab, grab body your ass. <laughs> I got to fucking stop. Like, you know what? Mike and I did that uh, redneck scream skit that's going to be coming out pretty soon. I, I told you, man, it's still stuck in my fucking head. Oh, that God damn. Like, yeah, man, shit. And I've been watch, watching that damn uh, Paradise Lost that the HBO put on. And, and them boys from West Memphis, Arkansas. And now I'm just talking about them. It's <laughs> double trouble, boy. You double <laughs> popped that yeah, bubble. It's bad. I'm going to have to watch like some goddamn Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw. <laughs> get out of it. Jeff Harris with the super chat. Thanks, buddy. First one of the night says, can we all admit the best part of the Super Bowl was was that fan running on the field? That was awesome. <laughs> he had a nice little smooth ass too. It was manscaped real well. <laughs> he did. I heard that he placed a bet. I don't know how true this is. Uh, I we heard got, that. We do got to talk about the Super Bowl because this is the what we watched this week section of the show, and that was the biggest thing we watched this week. But yeah, I heard that he bet. Uh, he placed a bet on himself. I guess that he could. I'm guessing that it was he could make it to the end zone, and he barely yeah. made it in. But I think he made it in. That guy. And you know what? I re I respect that man. Like I I support what he did there because a mm -hmm. the game wasn't even close at that point. It was a fucking snoozer b it's the middle of the pandemic it's the first time or one of the first times we've had fans go do it man go get out yeah. get out there and, and and he didn't go fuck with the players or anything he ran away from the players which is a smart move because one of those defensive tackles hits your ass it's not gonna feel good Dude, i i don't i'm glad he, i'm glad he got the hustle worked out for him that's 100 percent right and he also gave us one of the best running performances that we'd seen all night so that was also good <laughs> uh like he did a little spin move like it looked like a fucking madden juke like he, <laughs> but he did he get got he got uh goldberg fucking snapped down on the ground real quick though he didn't even make it to the end zone one yard line got stuffed in his butt i did but, feel bad for the guy that that whiffed hard trying to tackle him and landed on his face i felt bad i bet for he hadn't guy. even i bet he hadn't even washed his ass either and that guy probably got like a big face full of ass <laughs> oh, right yeah, in his face when he tackled him <laughs> he's like he got a full-on like like head in his asshole to check him out and make sure that his uh scrotum was okay but yeah dude i i felt um if like i think i saw something he's like isn't it kind of like fraud though if he did that if he made the bet that this would happen then he fucking did it 
I'm like, no. I mean, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's fraud. I don't think it's fraud either. I mean, the only problem with that is, is that now a lot of people are going to wise up to that, and they're going to be like, I'm going to start a bet with a bunch of people that I'll do it, and that'll become a thing. And ne- next season, you might have a lot of fucking fans running on the field, and shit could get ugly. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like it's like that that scene in uh, uh, Desperado where Quentin Tarantino walks oh, yeah. in the bar and tells the joke. You know that mm-hmm. I love that scene, by the way. Where I could piss on you, I could piss everywhere. And not only will you pay me, but you'll be happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Marquise, thanks, buddy. He says I appreciate you so damn much, Mike and Jay. Your knowledge of Halloween is phenomenal. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Daniel. Really appreciate thanks, that, man. man. Yeah, I'm, we appreciate you guys. If it wasn't for your this audience here, we wouldn't be able to do cool shit like what we're doing tonight. It's fucking no, cool. I mean, Mike and I would still be in a group text with Cody just talking about shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, you know about Halloween, man? Let's talk about Halloween tonight. <laughs> Squeam Queen, thank you. Says, sorry for bummer request, but all positive vibes, please, from Minnesota. We're all a bit sad uh, after the mass shooting. Thanks, all. I, I don't know much Absolutely. about that. I read I read the initial headline when it was going on. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's, that stuff always makes me sick to my stomach, man. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody involved in that for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, definitely a good vibe sent to Minnesota and uh, the victims of the families, obviously. Did they ever find out why he did it? I don't know. I know a lot of people were making a bunch of assumptions, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> Yeehaw! That one get you, buddy? Fuck! That one get you? Yeah, I wasn't trying to interrupt the, the moment, but Jesus First Christ. First drink of the night? Right to my left eye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I broke my nose, by the way. How'd you do that? Yeah, playing Oculus boxing. <laughs> Oh, you pl- oh, you walk into a wall. I didn't even walk into a wall, dude. I just I played and I was knocking motherfuckers out. I was going crazy and I was getting into it like and it kept shaking like I kept feeling it shaking. A couple of those straights I threw the thing like slammed back into my face. And this morning I woke up, dude, I've got like an extra bone in there and it hurts mm. like a motherfucker. I think I just like shook it in the wrong place. I don't actually think I broke it, I, I but I did something to it. But very good. But brick, not hit back. <laughs> that's what the guy should come up and say at the end when you oh, win a fight. Yeah. That's uh, what I, I wish I had been there because that's what I would have said. He's like, now show us the dim muck. So speaking of the Super Bowl, I have an apology to make to everyone. I'd like to make an apology. Look me in the eye right now uh, to all of you. Uh, I hope that all of you are smart enough not to listen to my betting advice in the first place. But if you were, I said proudly and for surely that the Chiefs were going to lay a smackdown on Tampa Bay and to bet the farm on the three and a half points being given to the Chiefs. And I'd like to say to you today that I was wrong. And I apologize. Yeah, you were. It's okay. Very wrong. I didn't think it was going to happen anyway, but I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll just let you go with it. I mean, you're betting your farm and everything. We didn't have a farm to bet, but fuck no. it, you can do it. Hey, I tried to bet on the game and Katie wouldn't let me. And you know what? Dude, you should have bet on on Kansas City's kicker. That'd have got you all the fucking points right there. He was the MVP <laughs> of the team. Well, I bet like nine dollars on the Fanduel, but that's not the same as betting on the game. Now, Jay, uh, congrats to Katie for not letting me bet, and congrats to Jay because he picked Tampa Bay to win the game. Yeah, Which, but I didn't think it was going to be a fucking ass rape from uh, like goddamn death row. Like I, yeah. I thought that was just going to be like a. I, I thought it was going to be a tough game. I thought it was going to be like a twenty-eight twenty-one situation, like a touchdown uh, between them. But Jesus Christo, somebody fucking put a voodoo curse on Mahomes and the team because they yeah. came out flat as fuck. Now, yeah, I, you know, the reason that I thought that Tampa Bay was going to get their asses licked or kicked, they actually ended up getting them licked. Uh, they had a good time. But the reason I thought they were going to get their asses kicked is because I saw them do exactly what they did to the Chiefs in like week six against the Packers. But yeah. the Packers. To me, I also watched Tampa Bay lose to the fucking Bears this year. I watched 
probably eight of Tampa Bay's games this year, and they never looked like that. So I just thought they are tailor-made to beat the Packers, which is why I was so scared of them in the NFC Championship. Packers did a little bit better that time around, but they still ended up losing to them. But I still think that the Packers were a better team than the Bucs. I know everybody's going to shit on me for that, but look, if one of 20 goddamn different plays, Tom Brady in that game closed his eyes and heaved the ball up anytime somebody got close to him, and he threw three picks, but he also threw a couple just like Hail Mary catches that people caught that nobody would have suspected. And the Packers fucked up in 18 different ways. I just, I think Brady looked pretty solid though. I mean, there were some really shitty passes, but he looked solid enough to win the game. I mean, he didn't the win Super the game Bowl. on there. Yeah, the Super Bowl is on. I mean, yeah. yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their defense is literally what pulled them through that game. I mean, 100% their defense shut down the homes, whatever they wanted to do. I mean, they had their fucking day with them out there. But on yeah. top of that, I don't know. I also felt like the defense, and then on top of that, you know, Brady going in there, like he had something to prove, dude. Like he had a chip on his shoulder. He really wanted to show people that. I still got some juice left in the tank, and and it's definitely worth the squeeze. Squeeze it! The juice! And then he went in there and he did what he did. And, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of which, by the way, did you hear um, – again, this just popped up on, on Google Trending, so it's not like I went and looked for it. But apparently Carson Wentz, the top two uh, teams that he is – that are at the top of the list that he may go to – Colts and Bears. Are, um, the Colts and Bears. And yep. then the other one uh, that is uh, like a question mark possibility is San Francisco. That makes sense. That makes sense because yeah. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo blows. But if you got the jokes. Bears, dude, that'd be hilarious because, I mean, that you guys would play on like, and that's like a big rivalry game. I'm fine with him going to the Bears because I'm not scared of Carson Wentz at all. I want the Bears to keep Mitch Trubisky forever because he's just awful, and that works out for the Packers well. But, you know, I uh, commercials, but we had a, we had a small get-together. We were being responsible, but we had a couple people over, so I didn't really get to pay attention to the commercials. The only, like, was there was there any good ones? There was something about, um, and I don't remember them either. I was pretty much uh, blitzed by the time the commercial started rolling around. But <laughs> I think there was one. I think Wayne's World made an appearance on it. I did see uh, that one. That was all right. I mean, he looked. By the way, Dana Carvey still can pull it off. Wayne looks fucking old, dude. Really Jesus does. Christ, that shit's got that guy's face is sagging worse than an eighty-year-old's tit. Yeah. Like it's fucking bad. It's but not good. Yeah, um, I saw that, and then obviously I, the the thing I took away the most wasn't even the commercials, dude. Oh yeah, I did see the Ashton Kutcher. Mila Kunis one where they did the Shaggy song it wasn't me. That was funny. About that. that was all right. I, I like that one. But really what I took away, I remember besides the ass raping that Tampa Bay put on fucking Kansas City was the halftime show was good. The weekend fucking rocked that shit. I like the weekend and I like the songs. I thought the halftime show like in presentation was lacking. I mean, like I, I just like the songs. Yeah, I like the songs too. How many times yeah. are we gonna do the thing where we do like the 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 dancers on the field? Like they gotta think of something else. Lady Gaga dropped out of the fucking ceiling, man. Yeah. I mean, you gotta like he should have came out in a fucking jet. I think I texted you guys this. He should have come out in a fucking jetpack. You gotta keep like one upping shit, like Tom Cruise shit. I wanna see someone like fly in on the back of a goddamn plane in ten years. Well, I mean, yeah, you want to do a Howard Stern like fart man when he entered, when he came to the MTV Music Awards and he flew across <laughs> the stage and asked for hanging out. Like, that'd be great. Toast, man. I would love to see that shit. But yeah, you know what? Other than that, yeah. And it was funny because we were doing the group chat and I totally didn't remember that the weekend was one guy. My brother kept correcting me. He's like, dude, it's one guy. Because I kept saying, they're great, man. The band is awesome. He's like, dude, it's one guy. And I was like, yeah, well, that's what I meant. I was like, he should be, he should be a band. <laughs> like, he's so I, good. He has people mix and, and and make his beats and shit like that. So technically, he's a band, you know. Yeah, um, but other other than uh, yeah, somebody made a lot. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I wouldn't have bet on it because I don't know enough. I don't follow enough statistics on throughout the year to uh to make appropriate bet. But I will say, who could have made a big ass amount of money if he'd wanted to? Because this motherfucker got it right ten weeks prior was Tony Romo. By the way, I had never really listened to him officiate a game. Awesome. He's fucking good. He's at awesome. A, at dude. 
Like yeah. he's wait. I mean, he's probably better at that than when he was slaying Jessica Simpson's for GJ. <laughs> and then when he was playing with Dallas Cowboys, like he's a better fucking announcer than he is for as a quarterback. So he's good. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's a really good announcer, man. I've always liked him a lot. The rusty line says, Hey guys, thought I'd stay awake to catch the start of this. We'll be- watch it back tomorrow. Stay safe and don't start something. You can't finish. He said, Finny, <laughs> don't start something. You can't finish. Going to be starting something. Got to be starting something. Thanks, Gonna Rusty Lion. Starting something, Rusty Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be starting on you, can't finish. Joe Madero says, I never expected the game to turn out like that at all, and I still can't get over how the game turned out. Uh, I It was crazy. Once, I, once, it, once it started getting into it. Now, A, I do want to say this. The, the refs completely fucked the Chiefs in the first half of that game. I mean, those calls were egregious. But... That being said, even when the refs got their shit together, the Chiefs never recovered. And well, it's that defense, man. That defense was great. I think the defense is like eighty-five percent of why they won. The refs did make some bad calls. Like again, it goes back to the fact that sometimes refs just let things play through, um, rather than call it. And I know. And here's the other thing, and it probably has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying it does have some things to do with it, at least in college basketball, for example. But home field advantage is pretty big. It's pretty significant when you've got home field advantage during a championship game. I mean, when Kentucky's played in the SEC tournament and shit like that, we go to Georgia. We we have a, a fan base that travels really well, but especially in the NCAA tournament when it's closer. Yeah. I mean, it just if it's in your backyard, man, you have a you just have that home field advantage. It just goes with the territory. Yeah, and plus you don't have to travel. Like you don't have to worry about the planes yeah. and all that shit. Like you're at home, you drive to the stadium the day of the thing. That helped a lot too. Austin says, uh, Jay, have you seen the Jimmy John's ad? Um, I remember something about a Jimmy John's ad. I don't remember all of it though. I do. I do remember something about it though. But that sounds like you know, a good Slenderman reaction on the Patreon. I, I got to get on that one and then the the tuna controversy that's going on with somebody. Somebody need to calm it down. <laughs> it seems kind of weird. They talk shit on the tuna sandwiches from Subway sandwich, and then Jimmy John come out with a Super Bowl commercial. Coincidence? Missing note. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I have to get on that, man. There'll be something I guess uh, you'll see uh, a little later on. Iwalani K. Blair with the ah! I love that. Thanks, yeah. Iwalani. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in here in a while. It's nice to see your fucking face. I mean that with love, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do a couple movie news stories, uh, and then uh, on the back of the end of the view, uh, we can also go back into the movie news if we don't cover everything. But did want to cover a couple things really quickly when I get naked with the, the sun tan lotion. I don't know why my mind was going to be like when you get naked with the penguins. <laughs> with the penguins, they the do night. pick a mate for life. Where's this thing? Okay. Um, Josh Whedon's in hot shit again. What he do? Well, shit. did he fuck up Justice League again? No, he, he can't. It's not in his. It's not in his power any longer. Uh, but if you guys will see here, uh, some of the stars of Buffy have come out and basically agreed with uh, Ray Fisher on. Basically, I mean, what all this amounts to, we'll read a couple of snippets. There's a lot of stuff to go through. But basically what it comes down to is it seems like, you know, it's not like they're accusing him of anything criminal, but it just kind of sounds like he's just sort of an asshole. Um, I I mean, I, I don't know how that goes. I mean, people already should have realized that like a long time ago. He, he seems like a fucking prick. Yeah, like I mean, he never did in interviews or anything like that. But when you hear people talk about what it's like to work yeah. for him, it's well, like a with the dude thing. with the dude from Justice League saying what he said. I mean, and there were other people coming on corroborating what he had said. 
Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first person was, uh, 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 see, Charisma Carpenter, who I guess was on uh, a big star on Buffy. I don't know. Uh, Buffy and Angel. She worked with them on both those shows. But she kind of went through a, a whole diatribe where she said, for nearly two decades, I've held my tongue. Uh, she says that he uses his power. Basically, he would, you know, uh, he gave her anxiety. Uh, he would mm. disempower her, alienate her from her peers. The disturbing uh, incidents caused her a whole bunch of issues. Um, Rafe, the whole Ray Fisher thing encouraged her to yeah. speak out. She said uh, he called her fat when she was pregnant. He mm. um, sounds he, like a stand-up guy. I wonder if he goes to the church barbecue. <laughs> he was mean and biting, disparaging about others openly. Often played favorites, pitting people against one another. Uh, she goes on to say, and you can read it for yourself. Uh, this comes from JoeBlow.com, but she goes on to say things like, when she was pregnant, um, he called her in his office and basically. Uh, he he made fun of her religion. He asked her if she was going to keep the baby. Uh, a bunch of really fucked up things to say to a pregnant woman. And then when she was having Braxton Hicks contractions, he called her uh, into to work at weird hours at like one a.m. as like uh, in, in her eyes what she viewed as a punishment. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller came out and she said, while I'm proud to have my name associated with Buffy Summers, I don't want to be forever associated with the name Joss Whedon. I am more focused on raising my family and surviving a pandemic currently, so I will not be making any further statements at this time, but I stand with all the survivors of abuse and am proud of them for speaking out. So she's, she's kind of not saying anything, but she's saying something. Well, yeah, she doesn't want her name attached to someone like Whedon anymore. That's pretty much, I mean, that's in black and white. Like, she feels like he's a prick. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, especially if these allegations are true. Again, I mean, these are what people say, so we don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I always hate, like, telling, you know, Ray Fisher said what he said, but there's no solid, solid evidence. I, I always, like, it's hearsay in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, maybe someone was mean to you and an asshole to you, and maybe or maybe you perceived it in a way, but I'm saying if, if the mother came straight out while you were pregnant and said, hey, uh, you're doing great on the show. By the way, you're fucking fat. Can you lose like 40 pounds? I know yeah. you're trying to bring a life into this world, but you are fat. You look like a cow. That's kind of hard to dispute. Mm -hmm. uh, if I mean, because it just seems like something that he might do. I mean, I don't know if he's a perfectionist. I mean, maybe he f fancied himself like a Kubrick. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, that's yeah, not looking good for him. That's no. not looking good. Uh, and, and it's one of those things. It's like when there's smoke that like there's more stuff that keeps coming out and more stuff that keeps coming out and more stuff that keeps coming out. And it's just like it's it's it sucks to hear it, man. It sucks to hear it that the guy uh, I think what sucks worse about it is that he worked for so long and became mm -hmm. so successful, so, so successful, allegedly having this attitude towards people. You know what I mean? And and the reason it's maybe more believable than some things that you hear is the fact that nobody's accused him of anything specific. There are so many different people coming out and kind of saying that he's just an asshole. Like he's yeah. a prick and he uses his position of power to treat people like shit. And because this was Buffy and, and he was the dude back then doing that and whatever, he got away with it. And it seemed kind of like he walked in justice league and this is purely spectacle spectations uh, with the same attitude towards people and did yeah, not work out. I think. I, I think that the whole justice league fiasco, exactly what happened with that was the fact that, he didn't like the, you know, that Zack Snyder had already made a movie, already established it, it was pretty much done, and he didn't like any of the actors for whatever reason, and he was already had a, like a, he, he already he woke up on the wrong side of the bed and his diapers were wet and he had a small penis and he was just fucking angry at everybody and he was like, oh, you know what, I'm gonna make the movie I want to make, fuck you, and yeah. they were like, no, no, like Zack Snyder was like, no, 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 you don't have to really do much here, a couple of shots, that's all you gotta do, just help me out, and he's like, no, 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 
I'll tell you all, your face. I'm going to help you out, Zach. Okay. And then behind his back, he's like, I hate that motherfucker. I hope his car gets towed. I'm going to make my own movie. And that's <laughs> yeah. what he did. Yeah. I don't think it was like a big conspiracy like a lot of other. And I mean, trust me, me and Mike are big, giant supporters of DC and DCEU and, and the DC brand. But I'm also a Marvel fan as well. But I don't think there was a big conspiracy like they tried to do like a WWF thing where Vince McMahon sent that one guy over during the, the, the decline of the WCW. And there was like an inside conspiracy to sabotage them. I don't think Marvel like really had Joss Whedon go over there and try to fuck their movie up. I don't think that happened. I just think that Joss Whedon is full of himself. He's egotistical prick. Yeah. And and as an egotistical prick, you don't want to help out your competition. And in a lot of ways, I would imagine that a lot of directors feel that way. You know, the ones that don't want to collab, they're like, oh, he's my competition. I'm not going to fucking make him look good. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I think what's lost on a lot of people, what people forget about the Zack Snyder situation is that he had to leave that movie because he lost, he lost, mm. uh, uh, you know, uh, he, he lost one of his children. His kid, yeah. And uh, for you to come in on that set and be an asshole at all <laughs> is that's that's tells you. And and his ex wife came out a while back and wrote a big long thing because she felt compelled to because Whedon apparently presents himself or before this presented himself as a huge feminist and, and yeah. all about female empowerment and all this stuff like that stuff that people love to hear in Hollywood. And then she, his ex wife, came out and said, "No, he wasn't like he." Uh, uh, I think I can't remember exactly, but it, it, for lack of a better word, I mean, he absolutely cheated on her and like did all sorts of horrible things and lied about it and was just a huge piece of crap to her, according to her and according to all these people. It's just like, man, talk about a guy who had it all and then thought probably started to feel like he was invincible. And maybe that thing that he did on Justice League was just the one step too far. And then once one of those dominoes fall, you're fucked, buddy. And that's why well, I always say. Just be respectful and good to people, and then you can sleep at night, and you don't have to worry about lying. You know, you yeah, don't have to worry or, about any of that just, shit. Uh, or just be truthful. Like, if, yeah. if you know, like, 100%, if you're not in, you know, if, whether you're a feminist or not, it doesn't fucking matter, but don't shout out shit on Twitter or whatever's going to get the blue check marks riled up, and they're going to fucking, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, with the thumb, because that's what you're doing. You're doing it for internet clout. Now you look like a fucking lying asshole that you're just saying that to appease whatever parts of the community that you need to please to make sure that people think that you're the guy, you're the progressive dude, you're on front lines, man, you're making changes. You look like a fucking dipshit now. Yeah. Like, that's the point. Just be real. If you're not into that stuff, but why even bring it up anyway? Just fucking make your goddamn movies and shut the fuck up. Like, I don't understand why that's hard. You already had success going for you with uh, with that show that he did, uh, Firefly or whatever it was. That was a good show. I think that's what it was called. He did Buffy. That was a successful show for him. Yeah. Then he goes on and he does a massive fucking hit with the Avengers. I'm like, dude, you're flying high. Like, shut the fuck up. I'm shocked. I'm shocked with everything going on that nobody from because uh, I mean, there's the the Avengers cast. Uh, a lot of them are people who are outspoken about justice for people who have been treated wrongly. You know, uh, Chris Evans is one of them. Uh, he's mm. is a very uh, outstanding in that community for doing things like that. And um, you know, Mark Ruffalo is another one. Uh, a lot of that cast really go out of their way to to you know uh, to to combat this kind of stuff. And I yeah. haven't heard anything from any of them. And I'm not saying they need to come out and say anything. I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying, like, I've noticed, like, you would, like, that was a big fucking movie for him. So maybe he went into that. There's a chance that he went into that and he's like, I'm going to keep my P's and Q's straight. This is a huge moment for me. And we all loved him for what he did with that movie. Uh, we enjoyed the fuck out of that movie. One of the best, maybe the best experience I've ever had in a movie theater was for the yeah, first time awesome. seeing the Avengers on screen together. We had a blast, dude. Yeah, dude, we, did, we even did the slow-mo high five. And, yeah. and, like Everybody <laughs> was cheering. It was a fucking badass experience in the yeah. theater, man. Everybody got it. We stood up like Rocky had just knocked down Apollo in, in, in Rocky Two. We were like, fuck yeah! Like, we were like, <laughs> oh my god, the Italian Stallion. Yeah. But yeah, um, as far as, yeah, he was he was riding high on on, uh, on Goodwill and this 
you know, smoke that he'd blown up on social media's ass for so long. And then, you know, it all catches up eventually, dude. If you're, if you're turd, if you're turd on that kind of magnitude, eventually the smell is going to hit the fucking public air. And that's exactly what it's done. Yeah. I mean, and I think that it started with Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher's bringing down the doors. And I think that you're going to find, you'll see a lot of these um, big time directors maybe start at, at some point facing some heat. Like, yeah, they, they you know, the, the working conditions are fucking terrible. They're assholes. The, you know what they do. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I love the shining. The movie was great. Obviously it was a masterpiece, but what Stanley Kubrick did to, to, to that uh, Shelley Duvall, was goddamn criminal dude like that was almost to a point where like jesus crystal yeah i mean calm the fuck down guy relax your tit from lactating because it's like it's a movie at the end of the day it's a fucking movie and you're making this poor woman lose her goddamn hair yeah because you're stressing her out to a level where it's not even healthy yeah exactly it's a fucking movie bro it's just a fucking movie bro (laughs) that's why i always say there's gray in everything like you sometimes if anybody comes out and says anything at all like i don't think that this is right you got a huge group of people who are coming out going oh shut up jesus christ you know social justice warrior blah 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 shitting all over them and then on the other hand though you've got stuff that went on in the 90s when everybody wasn't on the watch for shit like that and people really got treated like shit and nobody was there to do anything about it and i guarantee that still happens today so there's a there's i saw somebody and this is a blue check Mark, I shit you not. Uh, it just, I literally like had to turn off my computer and go to bed. They were talking about the Snyder cut, and someone was like, Why? Someone said something like, Why is everybody so, ups- so upset because these fans got what they wanted with the Snyder cut? You know, a lot of people who don't care about this movie are really butthurt that it's happening. And this blue check mark, someone with hundreds of thousands of followers, I believe, literally said, I just, I have a problem with it because I just can't see anybody, uh, any, uh, any, a woman getting a second chance like Zack Snyder got. And I was what? literally like, the guy lost the child and he came yeah. all the way back from all that happening to him and everything that he went through. And a bunch of people riled in his corner, raised money for suicide awareness. And it's a beautiful thing that this happened. And all you're concerned with is the fact that the guy has a penis. And so you yeah. can't root for him. How fucked is that? That's too that's, much. Literally, dude, that's exactly why I went wet. Like, if I were like listening to that and like you were having a conversation with somebody, he's like, oh, yeah, it's cool to see Zack Snyder back after the tragedy that he suffered. I hope he gets to complete his vision. And then somebody randomly is walking by with a fucking bag full of groceries and goddamn kicking rocks and like it's a it's you know a woman would never have that chance i'm like what the fuck are you saying good god where did you come from keebler elf like it's just it's like a magical bullshit thing that they just come up with because they gotta be like me me attention on me i gotta say something that's like that's gonna spark some controversy because i gotta get the attention on twitter yeah Dude, again, it's just, I wish somebody would just tell these people to shut the fuck up. You're doing nothing but causing dividing lines, you dumbasses. You're not working toward fixing anything, you're you're regressing it. Yeah, extremes on either side of these situations, I feel like, are always the worst. They're always the worst, no matter which side you go. Whether whether you hate cancel culture so bad that you're willing to go out and say and do horrible things because you hate people who cancel people, or you're someone like that who literally just can't look at a human being as a human being and be happy for them because they're not this group, this group, or that group. Like, it's it's people are so extreme, And, and no matter what side you're on, if you're that extreme unless you're talking about something like you know be be extreme about uh your opposition to uh uh child prostitution you know what i mean be as extreme as you want to delegate your whole life to it and don't even move an inch but when you're just talking about literal genders and races like no matter which side that you're on like it's insane to be that hardcore all you're doing all you're doing it's like batman and the joker you're creating the other side by being Mm -hmm. that extreme you're creating these people who go out and do these stupid fucking things on the other side of your opinion and it's the worst thing for everybody 
I'm just so sick of cancel culture. I'm so sick of the woke shit. I'm just so I, I just want to get back to making some goddamn movies and stop having everything to have some kind of fucking flashpoint problem that we need to talk about yeah. in the media and have the fucking newspapers run with it. Like not everything is going to be about gender. Not everything is about fucking race. Not everything is about religious differences. Not everything yeah. is about this or that. Like stop trying to make issues because I'll tell you something else. Again, you're causing more problems than solving problems. Yeah. Like, let's just make a good like if I asked you a question and I said, what do you think about the Zack Snyder movie? I mean, the obvious the, the obvious like response, I, I hope I'm going to get like a normal common sense fucking person would say either a I think it's great. And here's why. Or B, I don't think it's so good because I like the movie, you know, the way it is or I, whatever. I'm not going to expect someone to say it's a gender issue yeah. so i'm gonna answer it on a gender issue i was like bitch there was only a and b it's not a c there's no a b c d yeah. or all of the above and on, on the flip side of that on the flip side of that you got a country musician who there's a leaked video of him using the n-word and his sales increased 300 percent. i saw that 300 percent of people went i like that he said that because i hate con cancer culture that's fucking disgusting like, I cannot believe. And these two sides are creating each other. They're creating each other. And it's like it's like the worst thing ever, man. Like, I, 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 I think, hate I cancel think, culture, but I, the, 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 I, the extreme other side of that is even fucking worse. And they're both well, bad. I think, I think the idea is, like, maybe not give these nitwits and dumb shits a megaphone and let them go preach on media and, and site. You give these little, these little people with small wieners and never had fucking sex in their life. Like you give them fucking megaphones, be like, go ahead and preach, man. Go ahead and say what you want to do to the world, man. You you go, everybody's gonna listen to you. That's the problem because that's that's when the majority of people, like the normal people in the world, like ninety five percent of people, get shut down and not have a voice anymore. And you give these nutballs on the left and the right the fact that fucking all of a sudden they're they're the voice of reason. Like that's the yeah. problem. It, 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 they, they're literally creating each other i think all these people who you see spouting hate and racism and all this shit on the internet today they're literally still fighting an argument that they had on facebook with their cousin six fucking months ago they got really pissed off at that person and they thought they were a snowflake or they thought yeah. they were a redneck on the other side of that and they have fucking carried that with them to the point that they've become monsters and they, you Man, know what I, I mean it's crazy I just really i just really would like you know one fucking day like I, I know it was probably it was back then too, but when we were growing up in the nineties, I just don't remember it this being so fucking like vile and so toxic and so nasty. No, it wasn't. Like it wasn't. I, I, at least I, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that there wasn't racism and there wasn't you know gender issues, and I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like it wasn't to the level now of where this toxicity has biled over like like some acid that everybody's fucking smoking. Yeah. Like it's it's just like like you would have. You, I I don't know. I just remember. If I liked a goddamn song or I liked the movie or I liked the book or something, people like, oh, yeah, uh, that's cool. They would, we would talk about it or something. It wouldn't be like, well, did they have any strong female leads in it? Did, what, I, what was, I mean, was there any representation that needed to be, rep like, you know, was it diversified? I was like, yeah. I don't fucking know. I liked the movie. It was good. Yeah. Like, I saw Blade was good. As, as Spawn was great. Uh, fucking X-Men was good. I don't know. Like, shit like, I didn't think about shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. I, I, I it, it sucks. It sucks. It fucking sucks, and I hate it. It sucks. But uh, anyways, uh, the net last that one was that so fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we always go into these things. Like, I know it really does. It wasn't the intention. Uh, I'll just some funner news. Uh, Mezco is celebrating uh, the original Halloween two with a new Michael Myers mega scale figure. Cool. I gotta get your opinion on these, dude, because they weird me out. Okay, they weird me out. I don't know if you can see it yet. What are I'm, they? What are they called? They're called uh, uh, mega figures. From oh, are they like the He-Man shits? No, dude. Like, uh, let me know when you can see it because I know there's a delay. But they're just yeah. these little. They're they're kind of like Barbies with little short fat fingers, but uh, they got big heads. 
I just I don't oh, know what's that. That's scary. That's actually scarier than the real Michael Myers. Like if that motherfucker was coming down me at the heart call, like I, I wouldn't be able to watch the movie. <laughs> that shit's scary as fuck. Dude. Yeah, dude. Like I want to spin it like the the little drum and karate kid. <laughs> I want to spin it and like make the the two sides oh, yeah. beat each other. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That does look like that. It's weird, me. Well, I don't. Yeah. It kind of looks like if if Puppet Masters got the rights to do a parody of all the iconic uh, serial killers, they would put this in their movie. Like they would hang out with uh, Blade and uh, and the flamethrower guy and, and, and pinhead from puppet master like they remind me of the puppet master dolls <laughs> it's freaking dude like i i i totally agree with you i don't think i want one in my house god damn that's fun. that that actually is scary dude that that's like those those circus midgets cannot hold their booze <laughs> it's weird yeah dude i'm so scared right now on my sheets uh and then finally sam neil i can't believe oh. we're actually gonna get through all this beforehand but um sam neil came out and said, uh, just kind of in a ho-hum way, that they shot six hours. Holy shit. For Jurassic Park, or to Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, that does It's not as crazy as it sounds. He, he literally said, word for word, he said, it's going to be a big film. Colin Trevero has that childlike sense of wonder, playfulness, and inventiveness that Spielberg has. We really shot a six-hour movie. We were all very gung-ho. I feel like uh, Jeff Goldblum in the original Jurassic World. It's like, you did it, you crazy son of a bitch. You did it. <laughs> yeah, six hours, man. I, or is he, like, is he trying to say that they're going to release a six-hour flick on like, no. Blu-ray? No, I, th- I think he's saying that that they shot six hours. Six hours material? Yeah, worth of a movie. Uh, so who knows how long the movie will be. I don't feel like... I, don't, I actually don't mind if it's three hours. Honestly, at that point, because it's going to be the main wraparound, it's going to like have the original... Jurassic Park crew meeting the new Jurassic Park crew is supposed to like I want to I, I I wouldn't mind a three hour movie and then all the extra hours you have on it you could release it for deleted scenes or yeah yeah I'm I, I like the idea of it it's like David Fincher shot it and just made people do a bunch of scenes but when you see the last the last movie end it ends in such an epic scope with like yeah. you seeing dinosaurs all over the globe and like meshing with like human it. beings there's a lot of shit to cover there. And then then you've got the the original cast coming back from Jurassic Park, a bunch of them at least, and you got a ton more shit to cover there. I think the movie's going to be pretty goddamn epic, but I don't think that – even if you did three and a half hours, I don't think Jurassic Park – I think Jurassic Park is too much of a spectacle entertainment film for audiences to really show up for a a three-and-a-half-hour movie. I think three hours is the max, and it's probably closer to 245. That's that's the max, yeah. You're not going to get away with any longer than that. But, I mean, the longer you get to see dinosaurs on screen and Jeff Goldblum, I mean, hopefully at some point being like that is one big pile of shit again (laughs) or something like that. And you got Sam Neill and all those guys back. I mean, I'd love – it's going to be all if it's two hours, 45 minutes or a three hour movie, I think it's going to be great. I'm glad that they have six hours worth of material. That means that they think it was good enough to keep, like keep shooting. So, I mean, but, you know, it's always weird when they ha- when they say that they have like that much material because you're like, damn, man, like in a way, I kind of want it released now episodically. Like, yeah. I want to see all of it. I know. I want to see all of it. Hopefully they'll come out with a badass extended cut. Um, Evan Alpaul, uh, hello, my dear fathers. I watched The Dirt for the first time the other day, and it was fucking awesome. The scene where Ozzy snorted the ants fucked me up, LOL. You'll go mad. I was yeah, entertained dude, by that movie, but I didn't think it was good. But I have a bunch I, of reasons. I wondered if that was legit, though, like what, that he snorted the ants. And I'm like, I think it was either he did it or it was exaggerated for the film. Google it because there's a story about it. I think either yeah. someone said it was exaggerated or someone said that they snorted even more ants than Ozzy did. Or maybe somebody said he only snorted one ant either way anyone who snorted ants uh 
I don't fuck with them. He's yeah. going to build an anthill in his brain. <laughs> you're fucking crazy, man. I like you, but you're crazy. Edward Santiago says, not a popular opinion, just saying sometimes a person needs to be punched right on in or around their mouth, just saying. And no, and that's the point I want to make, true, too. Even though like we're talking about cancel culture and stuff like that and how bad we hate it, I also think that there are occasions where it is granted. There was occasions where someone is a piece of shit, and because of the world we're living in today, they get called out on it. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I just think when people like they get the fucking you know like in every single movie they're like we can't let this get into the wrong hands like the power of the internet stopping pieces of shit from being pieces of shit's amazing but when you give it to everybody and people are just pointing their fingers at every little thing it can be yeah. fucking horrible horrible I, 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 I don't i don't look if you make a mistake and and, and uh and you you say some bad shit or whatever yeah you should be held accountable for it my problem with cancel culture or anything like that is when you're trying to remove something like donald trump being in home alone too because you don't like the orange man Give me the fucking break. It's a goddamn movie that came out in the early 90s, you dumb yeah. shit. Leave the fuck alone. And, and that, that, that's the thing. Whether you like or hate him, that's a dumb thing to spend your time worried about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, I mean, we literally talked about this last night. You can like, like you could like an artist or you can like uh, an actor and they can be big, giant piles of shit, liquid, acidy shit, diarrhea. But they could be a good actor or a good musician, and you could enjoy their songs or their films or whatever the fuck, and you can separate the two. I mean, you could say, that's yeah. an asshole, but I like their shit. That's the thing about Joss Whedon. Yeah. He's an asshole, but Avengers was still a good movie. So, I mean, yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah, and, and, and like as far as Trump goes, like don't get me wrong, I don't feel bad for him. Like He put himself out on this pedestal. He's got, he, lo he loves that shit. He got himself in all sorts of stuff. I'm talking about like when you got somebody who's just an actor or something or just trying to live their life, and one person knows that because of the way the world works, all they have to do is make up a story about him, and then they can ruin that motherfucker's life, whether it ends up being true or not. And that's scary, man. Yeah. That's a scary thing. I just say leave films alone, leave music alone. I mean, just because, it, I don't know, God damn, man. Like, I mean, that one song, that Christmas song that was supposed to be too rapey not long ago, and then you come out with a song called Wet Ass Pussy, and that's okay. Like, come double standards, get the fuck I out of here. I still haven't listened to that song. I only saw Jack Black well, dude, dance I, to it. I was like, it was like that one song. I was like, oh, it's about date rape or whatever. It was like a song that was in the fucking 40s or 50s, a Christmas song, and they're like, that's too much. Get it off the radio. <laughs> you got Cardi B coming out there with her juggling tits talking about wet ass pussy. I'm like, okay. That's weird. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Alan McElroy, uh, we go. writer of Halloween 4 and many, many other amazing things. We cannot wait. We are so excited. We are so excited. We'll be right back. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Mike here, and instead of doing a traditional ad, I thought it would be fun for us to use that ad space time and instead tell you about our Patreon, something that you can get way more of stuff that you care about out of. I think it's pretty awesome. We have several tiers on our Patreon. Uh, there's a link down below of wherever you're listening to this too, or you can just go to patreon.com slash we watched a movie. We have multiple tiers where you get either a monthly commentary that's only available to you guys that you all get to vote on. Uh, there's a tier where there's just tons of extra videos, behind the scenes, unedited stuff, trailer reactions that don't go on YouTube. Uh, there's probably shitloads. I don't know. There's a there's a buttload of, of, of backlogged content on there that we've been doing over the past four years just for Patreons. There's a tier where you can get a personal message from any of our characters, from Loomis to Leatherface to Slenderman. There's a tier where you get to pick a movie that you want us to review or do a commentary for. There's all sorts of shit on there. There's a tier where you get an autographed picture of either me and Jay or Michael and Loomis. And I'm in the process now of coming up with old school blockbuster style 
membership cards. So that's just some of the stuff, a taste of the stuff that you get on our Patreon. Uh, you guys support us. You keep the channel going. We don't have to worry about all the YouTube bureaucratic bullshit because of our Patreons, and we really appreciate them. So if you guys want to support us in a most awesome, bodacious way and get really, really cool shit for it, just go to patreon.com slash movie. Love your fucking faces, and I hope you all have good sexual experiences this week. Okay, guys, we are back. That kid is back on the escalator. Hi, guys. I missed you so much. I had to change out of that uh, sweater. I got a little toasty in me coasties. It'll get you. Mm-hmm. That sunshine will get you, buddy. Daniel Marquis says, Mike and Jay, if you were able to remake Season of the Witch, would you put Michael Myers as the central character instead of Cochran? Yes, I definitely like the 80s Season of the Witch. I, I, you know, look, I liked Halloween 3 as a unique uh, piece of film in the Halloween uh, franchise, but overall, I think... And I'm not trying to doubt John Carpenter and what his idea was, but I think ultimately I would like to see Michael Myers. I would have liked to continue the story of Michael Myers from part two. That's the way they were going to go. I don't know. I Yeah, I probably would have put Michael Myers in. Yeah, if you were tasked with specifically doing a remake of that movie too, I think it would be a really bold and cool idea to actually insert Michael into that storyline somehow. That'd be wild, dude. Well, yeah, we'll do it like in a way where Michael Myers, like the, you know, like the, the Shamrock thing is still happening, but Michael's in the movie. Yeah, exactly. I kind of like it. All right, guys, I got Alan in the waiting room getting ready to introduce him. If you guys don't mind, like I said, please don't do Super Chats uh, at first while we're talking to him because we only got a little bit with him. Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover, and I just don't want you guys to Super Chat and us not get to get to your question. If we do get to that point, we will we will definitely say so. But, uh, guys, joining us, let's see here. There he is. Hey, man. What's up, Alan? Well, guys, hey, got- man. Alan McElroy here. Am I saying that right, by the way? McElroy or is it McElroy? Uh, it's McElroy. Mikel- I had it wrong on both ends. That figures. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> uh, guys, Alan has an amazing filmography. Uh, it's it's daunting to look at. From Halloween 4 to Wrong Turn, the original Wrong Turn, the reboot of Wrong Turn that just came out, all the way down to Brandon Lee's Rapid Fire, which is amazing. Uh, right. Dude, we're so happy to have you on the show with us today, man. Thank you for spending the time. Big honor. Thank you so much. Hey, happy to do it. <laughs> so, uh, I know you're busy, man. We'll get right into the questions, man. So, with the with Wrong Turn, the reboot just coming out. How, after being away from that franchise for so long since the original one, how did that come back into your life? And what was it something that you had written and then you brought to them, or did they ask you to write something? How, how did that whole thing work out? Yeah, um, Robert Kultzer, who's a producer for Constantine Films, you know, I've known him for 20 years. Um, I did the first pass on a couple drafts of Resident Evil for their company, and uh, Wrong Term was something that they they were interested in back in the day. So I knew him from back then when we first made it. And over the years, we had always talked about, you know, do we want to do it as a TV series? Do we want to do something else with it? It just seemed to be something that was kind of always percolating and then he just called me out of the blue and said you know we're serious we want to do something new with wrong turn and we we went in and we sat down and we started talking about uh america really and about the differences between the way america might have been at a in a previous time and where we are today and what's the better america and we just started formulating some ideas and talking about society and talking about people and and um the foundation idea started percolating for me and we just sort of took those discussions and I went off and wrote a first draft of this story. And what's amazing is 
it's pretty close to what that draft was. I mean, it, it, we didn't really make a lot of alterations from the very first draft. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's actually one of uh, my next question would be like, as I was watching the film, one of the main things I noticed about it was that it wasn't as clear cut like the, you know, in the original wrong turn, it was a good guy versus bad guy, a pretty obvious, you know, who, you know, the redneck coming down the hill gonna kill you kind of guy, right? right. So when you get into the, into the reboot area, though, it's more like, I felt like when I was watching it, it was more like uh, you're throwing suspicion on who the real aggressor is. You know, it's like don't judge a book by its cover because you don't know just that they dress differently or they have a different background. So that was really interesting. Was that always the intention when you were writing the script? It was. Okay. It was this idea of like, have what have we lost from a time before, a time before, you know, like today, you know, people are told to eat organic, you know, eat organic and you got to get, you know, exercise and all these things that we're we're trying to force ourselves to do to stay healthy and then and yet in the past where people had to sort of work in the ground and they walk long distances and it's like were they healthier mm-hmm. or you know who's the what's the better society the one where we're where we've got cell phones and we're killing ourselves with microwave radiation or a society where you know they you know they you know they planted and they ate what they planted and it's like are we more advanced or are they more advanced and it was just this idea of these two Americas and, you know, you know, what does that mean between those two? And so, yeah, I, I wanted to play this idea that who is the monster? I mean, in the first, in the original wrong turn, you know, who the monsters are, Yeah. but in this version, who are the monsters? Because exactly. yeah. who kills who first and who does, you know, who's at fault when you get up there for that, for the trial and, and Venable starts throwing, throwing back, wait a minute. No, we just dress like this because we, we, we dress this way to hunt mm-hmm. you know we camouflage ourselves don't your hunters do the same thing suddenly the I, the vision of the monster begins to shift and i think that's that's what we were going for that's it man yeah that was the first thing i noticed is when i was done with the film i was like holy shit i was like i don't know man you know it's like that it kind of threw it threw a curveball and it worked effectively that was one of the best parts of the film i think but yeah it was an awesome job really good done. thank you yeah, man, we both enjoyed the heck out of that movie. Can't ask you a lot specifically about it because so many people haven't seen it yet, and there's so many spoilers. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Spoiler free. I apologize. No, I don't. I don't think you spoiled anything. I don't think you did. I was just when I was thinking about the questions for it, I was like, uh, maybe sometime we could talk again after it comes out because there's a lot of other stuff we'd like to ask too. But uh, in reference to that, though, coming back, so you did the original wrong turn, and then you go and you do this one, and 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 it flipped it on its head. Um, you kind of did the same thing with Halloween four in a way, because when you guys did Halloween four, you didn't have Jamie Lee Curtis anymore. Uh, that was all the franchise knew at that point. And funny enough, the franchise is going to be kind of in the same place after Halloween ends comes out the final of David Gordon Green's trilogy. Uh, I was going to ask you if, you know, if they find themselves in a place, cause from, from all the documentaries and stuff I've watched, it seems like you have always had a, a great relationship with the Akkads and Trankus if they ever came back to you and were like, Hey, they did their trilogy. And now we kind of don't know what to do with Michael next. We don't know where to pick up from. Would that be something you'd ever be interested in looking at again? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love writing Halloween Four. it was one of the best writing experiences I've ever had. I was, you know, I was a, a very young writer at that time, but I mean, I wrote that script in, you know, in 11 days and it was, it was just pure love of the material because Halloween, Halloween two, were some of my best experiences and just going to movies when I was a kid and getting a chance to bring the shape back was, was, you know, was, I was a kid in the candy store. And so if, if I got a chance to go back into that world and, and, and recreate it and bring it back to life again, uh, I'd be, that would be amazing. 
Man, yeah. Halloween four around these parts is legendary. We, yeah. I mean, that, like that's it, bro. Like we love we love that movie for so good. Uh, one of the uh, things I wanted to get to about Halloween four specifically is about uh, Doctor Loomis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that the movie plays out, by the way, it was a phenomenal film. We both loved it. Uh, a lot of our community loved it. Uh, a lot of people think it's almost as maybe even better than the original Halloween. A lot of people think that too. Um, but the Dr. Loomis, he seems a bit more crazier than he was in the previous two films. Um, did you play around with the idea that, you know, what was happening, the fact that his obsession was taking over his life was pushing him to the brink, therefore causing him to become more and more insane as the film went on? Absolutely. Absolutely. This was a, a, a complete obsession because you know uh, that, that Loomis understands that what he's dealing with is evil. It is a purity of evil that others can't understand, but he comprehends it on a very specific level because he's looked into Michael's eyes. Right. He's looking at those eyes for years and he tried to keep him locked up. And now that evil is loose again. And you see that he's, his obsession has taken him even further. The burns represent the scars on his soul. You remember the gun that he had in the original was a was a revolver, but now he's got an automatic. I mean, right. it's just this progression for him of you know wanting to stop stop this uh, this cycle of evil, which is why it so crushes him at the end when he sees Jamie and he realizes the cycle is just starting again, and that just you know all but breaks his heart and his soul. Yeah, it's it's got to burn his biscuits that he knows all this shit and nobody believes anything he says. He's just the mad doctor running around. Like, exactly. Running exactly. Around. I did like that finally, the sheriff in, 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 in your movie was immediately, when he saw Loomis, he was like, wait a minute, what are you doing back here? But immediately he was like, all right, I'm not going to be like all those other sheriffs. What do we need to do to stop him if he is back? Right. <laughs> that was And that was an on-purpose thing because I so I get so aggravated by those movies where the person who knows the truth shows up and nobody believes them and the law enforcement's waving him off and, and then they all get killed. It's like, I want this guy to go, okay, you're Dr. Loomis and you say this. All right, I believe you. All right, what do we have to do? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to jump right into it. It was refreshing to see, man, because I always hate that too. It's like, oh, now we have to get over the whole storyline of waiting for everybody to believe him. I always thought that about Chucky too because even though that that was pertinent to the plot, you always had to wait for everybody to believe Andy before people could really get scared of Chucky and then the plot could actually take off. Exactly. So I appreciate that a lot, man. Uh, Another thing about your movie that stood out that I've always been really interested in is, like you mentioned, Loomis's gun, not something most people would pick up on. You know what I mean? But just the fact that that changes is, that's why you're a great writer, man. That's that's genius. Uh, But with uh, Sayer, Reverend Sayer, yeah, he he pops into that movie and he's one of the most interesting people in the entire Halloween franchise, yet he only has a short amount of film time. He never shows back up again. What about that character? What were you thinking when you put that in there, when, when you had him, that that amazing dialogue between him and Loomis? What, what was going on in your head when you wrote him? He is a character that, in my mind, he has intersected from another franchise. He has come in from, you know, some other part of the Halloween universe. I have, I've gone back to Trankas a couple of times wanting to write, to do a story, a prequel story about a period piece about Sawyer from, you know, like back in the 50s. You know, he's a young priest who comes across, you know, he basically comes across the shape before it reaches Michael. I wanted to tell that story. Oh my you, know, God. you know, Sam Hain's journey and him realizing he's hunting Sam Hain. Here are two people that are hunting that same kind of evil and they just intersect it. And you, if you could follow his, say, you know, his story, it would have been fascinating. And 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 or to go back and look at his story in, in uh, the fifties would have been fascinating. Damn, man, that should be made now. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I called. I 
please you know, write letters to, to Malik Cobb and say, yeah. we want, we want to see, we want to see that, that story. God, that would be amazing. I would be all over that in a heartbeat, man. That would be amazing. And especially today where everybody's talking, you know, they're talking about doing a prequel for Freddy and having him in court and all these these crazy cool ideas. I think people in the Halloween universe would jump all over uh, a Sayer prequel. Yes, he's the, he's, he's the Dr. Loomis of his time. That's who he is. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, and one more thing about Halloween 4 that, that, that stands out to me is the militia. Um, the, the 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 drunk dudes at the bar it's like ain't no way a, a phone rings at a police station no how no way i love that i love that line i love that whole thing he takes the drink of the beer and he's like well come on <laughs> it's amazing but when the, in the new one uh that's coming out halloween kills uh they the working title for the film was even mob rules uh that's going to be a big thread in that film apparently is that haddonfield's sick of this shit they get pissed off whether it's his old victims or just the town everybody gets together and they kind of form uh, not really a militia like that, but a mob. Uh, it seems like they're using in a weird way that thread in, in that movie. Do you think that uh, w- when you wrote that, is that kind of where your head was too? You wanted to, sp- to speak to the, the other members of Haddonfield that weren't really mentioned? Yeah, I did. I mean, there's a point in the, in Halloween four where one of the characters says, you know, this guy's, this guy's, you know, his son was killed by Michael Myers. So it's like, that history has affected the town. They carry it with them. I'm, I'm always fascinated by repercussions. So many times in movies, you don't see the repercussions of the past and how it scars families and how things carry on. And I wanted to show that here that, yeah, it, 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 it goes forward and it affects the, 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 the heart of the town. And that's who these people were. That's amazing. That, yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, it, and it also goes back to the fact that it felt like the townsfolk of Haddonfield had been had done their best anyway to bury that secret and to ignore it, and it goes away. And then even Loomis makes that you don't have a police force because you're not ready for this. You have no idea, so you gotta use the people from Tractor Supply Company. Whatever <laughs> 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 exactly. you got available. Yeah, it's it's really cool, man. <laughs> uh, circling back a little bit uh, to what we were talking about before, is there like I, I imagine that you saw 2018's Halloween. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, so watching that, knowing Halloween Kills is coming out, and and you can kind of see in a way where they're going. We don't know for sure, but uh, that the end of their story is going to be Halloween ends. Have you thought anything in your mind? Is there? Because uh, I know you had some 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 wild places you wanted to take the storyline at the end of four with everything that happened with Jamie and whatnot. Uh, is there is there something in your mind that you've conjured up that you've thought about that 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 you can talk about that if you could take the franchise into the next next step, what would it be? I, no, because I'd have to see where they would end it. I mean, what I love uh, is to respect where a franchise has been. Uh, that's why I think, you know, when I wrote Halloween 4, you know, it was a love letter to the, to the Halloween franchise. And I wasn't trying to uh, subvert it or change it in a way I wanted to add to it. So I would love to see where they would end and then try to build on what they've created. Because I, I love what they're doing. I love that in the trailer, just in that little teaser when she's screaming, let it burn, let it burn. I love that. I love that. (laughs) That's awesome, man. There's a lot of stuff um, in in Halloween Force. I know know you've mentioned before that you said that a lot of your script actually made it to screen, which you were proud of, uh, which is, I'm sure, rare as hell in Hollywood. Um, There's a lot of kills that do happen off screen in Halloween 4. Um, pretzel man. I always call him Pretzel Man, the 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 cop that ends up. You know, they, they always show him just sitting there, like God damn it, right, yeah. this happened to me. Uh, yeah. But is is was there any of those scenes, like any any death scenes or struggles with Michael that that didn't actually make it to the film, that weren't actually off screen in your script? 
Well, uh, a lot of a lot of things that didn't make the screen were because of budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that I always loved or an idea that we had initially is that that um, Sheriff Meager was supposed to die in the house. He would actually uh, end up in a, in a battle with Michael in the basement of the house. Mm-hmm. And then that, that would, you know, like tip over the, you know, not tip over, but damage the furnace, which would start a fire. And that what would happen is that fire would have was what was going to drive them to the roof. So, you know, and, and so I sort of missed that fight. I, I wanted to see, you know, the sheriff taking on Michael and really trying to hold his ground against Michael. That would have been a really cool fight to have, but budgetarily we couldn't burn down a burn down a house. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes that would have been an amazing scene too, man. I would have really liked to see that happen. Uh, yeah, man. I'm just gonna shift gears really quick. I, I'm not gonna be. I don't mind. I don't I hope you don't mind. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about Al Simmons. Uh, talk about a little bit of Spawn. Oh mind? yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, one of the main things I, Mike and I were kids, we loved the uh, the HBO animated series Spawn. It was awesome. Man. It was so freaking good. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, and uh, to me, um, Keith David is iconic as Kevin Conroy is to the Batman animated series. Like the voice was perfect, the lines that he delivered, everything. Yeah. You know, was so good. Um, what do you miss? Like specifically, is there anything like specific that you miss about working on that animated series uh, as opposed to the film itself that you? Yes. Heard? Yes, and because of the film and what people need to know about film and the rare, the rarity of both Halloween 4 and Wrong Turns is that uh, in both cases, the directors respected the script and mm-hmm. didn't try to go in and rewrite it. And all through my career, and you could ask probably any screenwriter that you run into, that what they write, what, what they've written, usually does not make it to the screen in any form that's even recognizable. Yes. Um, when I wrote Spawn, that's that happened, you know, uh, Mark DePay went in and rewrote the script. And so what you saw on screen doesn't necessarily represent the story that I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. But what made me so happy about writing the first season for Spawn for HBO was that what I wrote is what they animated. And so when people ask me about Spawn, I always tell them, watch my first season you know, of the animated series. That is the Spawn that I wanted to create. Because what made it to the screen was just sort of a, you know, sadly, a sort of a shallow version or, or, or sort of an empty version of what I was what I tried to create there yeah man um <clears throat> that was one of the main things about spawn the animated series that always stuck with me is you know uh, I think Todd McFarlane had mentioned before that if you gave Batman his balls then that's what spawn would be and like I get that like badassery of spawn yeah. in the animated series in a way that it's just never been replicated on film yet as far as I've seen uh that was actually what I was going to move on to the next question about the screenplay for the spawn movie uh did you know when you were writing it uh or had it ever come up in your mind that it was going to you were you were going for a hard like rated R version of the film and not a PG thirteen, which yeah. is what they settled on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And they, and they you were going for the R, and but then you know when they went in and, and they had to keep cutting and cutting and, and if you see it, it's just cut to pieces in, mm-hmm. in many ways. I mean, we were going for something edgy, and it just didn't uh, didn't translate. And yeah, the thing is also, and not you know not to denigrate Mark Capay, but he was a first time director. He'd come out of special effects. And so in directing something on that scale, you know, it's challenging. And I think he ran into some real challenges because there's some very early scenes of character building uh, about family and about relationships and all the things that are then become important later in the, in the, in the movie to show his motivations that sadly just didn't translate. And he wasn't able to capture the performances that, that they needed. So they had to cut all that character stuff out of the beginning. So you're kind of left with knowing him, but not knowing him. And not in his relationship with his wife and his daughter, you don't really get get the foundation of that. And 
And yet that's the whole basis of why he wanted to come back. So that was really frustrating. Yeah, man, that that was like that's the main anchor point, I think, for Al Simmons was specifically that he was a human man that had done everything in his power to get back to his wife, including making a deal with Malbolgia to get there. But yeah, like I know I, I get that, but at least they get they kept the lines in. John Guzamo was great as the clown. And uh one of the yeah. one of the lines that Mike and I have used many times, like, oh, what a pretty little dress. Like, what if she's got it my size? Like, <laughs> dude, I, I, I think it's hilarious, dude. I think it's great. Um, I, and I do I remember uh, I, I'd watched the interview with Todd McFarlane. Uh, um, I, it was a while ago, but he had mentioned that it was really hard to pitch the film to different studios because they were looking at, you know, the the the, the basis of what the story was. And they're like, yeah, you're going to have, you know, strike one, strike two, strike three. So I'm sure that was affecting as well. Or I assume that when you were writing the script that that was probably, in the, you know, I don't know if Todd had talked to you maybe and said, hey, man, listen, they're not really going to allow certain things in here. So we've got, you would already said it was cut down to pieces. So was that yeah, always a I think that was really the result of just like the filmmaking, just what didn't really capture what we wanted on film. But I, I have to give New Line a lot of credit. Mike DeLuca, who was the executive at the time, um, really championed the project. And, um, oh gosh, I think it was uh, an executive named Wick Godfrey that he was behind it. And so the thing is, New Line really did, you know, give Todd kind of free reign. I mean, I think Todd was the one who said he wanted, you know, Mark to be the director and this guy, uh, Clint Goodman uh, to be the producer and it, he's it sort of allowed Todd a little more leeway um so New Line I think was kind of on their side in making a movie well uh, other than the uh the you know the, the family building the character building that you said was cut that that didn't really translate was there anything out in the uh, the original script that you'd hoped that would have made the film but it just ultimately didn't was there anything specific that you could um, remember Gosh, it's been a million years but I think one of the things I try I wanted to it's a it's a visual thing that I like when, when, when Spawn ends up in you know, sort of going back into Malibolge's realm, originally we conceived it almost, the interior would look like, almost feel like you were inside a body. And, and the way we viewed it is as if he had been consumed literally by Malibolge and that you would see the walls and everything, almost like the inside of an intestine. It's like that your soul gets digested by Malibolge. And I really would have loved to have seen that kind of environment because I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And instead they went with a more kind of, uh, I don't know. I can't remember it. It was a lot of the, the fire and the multiple yeah. spawns all over the place and all that. But the idea of just being inside where you'd see this sort of arc of bone from, you know, like from being within the body and, and you'd see the sort of the, the pulsation of the tissue around it. And, and I think that just would have been a world we've never seen before. The idea of like being consumed by evil would be, would have been really cool. Yeah, man, I'm not. I don't want to keep on the subject. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're getting as bored as Al Simmons <laughs> listening to Al Bolger. But I, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, obviously the uh, the Spawn movie has been in the news as far as maybe they're going to go to the reboot. They're going to have maybe a possible movie at some point. Uh, two questions: uh, Would you be interested if Todd had approached you to maybe do a script again for the film? And the second question I have is because you have uh, the Spawn was such a success on HBO and they allowed you a little bit more freedom and creative control over the actual character. Uh, do you think that maybe Spawn would be a, a better representation on something like HBO, like a Game of Thrones, like a live action series episodically, the Game of Thrones eyes, you know, like they've had a, like massive success with those films. Do you feel like it belongs on, on something like that kind of platform or, or do you think it could make it on in the film, in the big screen? I, I think, I mean, right now, and we're all seeing it, <clears throat> television is in a renaissance mm -hmm. and, storytelling on tv is amazing and you get to tell it 
the way it needs to be told. You know, it's 10 episodes, but it's, it's really 10 chapters of a movie. You're, it's right. a 10 hour movie you're getting to tell. And I think Spawn as a 10 hour movie as, you know, on HBO Max or on HBO as a, as a, as a series uh, would be amazing because I, it's hard to capture in two hours all these things, especially for, for a character like Spawn, uh-huh. all those things you're trying to capture in, in, in two hours. I mean, you look at the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies, because I just really, I, a few months ago, watched them chronologically, and it's, it plays like a TV series. You it watch it, it's, you know, these movies build on each other. There's lines of dialogue in movies four and five, episodes, four and five movies back that echo at the end when, um, when um, shoot, his name is uh, escaping me, but in, in Winter Soldier, the guy who plays um, uh, the character who is uh, the Falcon, mm-hmm. that, uh, is when Steve Rogers is passing, he keeps saying, on your left, on your left, yep. on your left. <clears throat> and then at the end, in Endgame, when the portals appear, <clears throat> he, says to, he says to Steve, you just hear him, almost a whisper in the background, the first words are, on your left. Yeah. You're going back all these movies and a call back to that kind of line on television in a series that would be fantastic. That's got, what a TV series gives you. I got chills up my spine when that scene happened because yeah, I, I thought the same yeah. exact thing, man. Yeah, that's great. It's great. So yeah, I, Spawn on TV, Spawn on HBO would be, uh, I think, a much better way to go. And I think Todd would probably have an easier time if he would go to HBO and say, yeah. hey, let's do this as a series, you know, because it will still be R-rated. It'll still be hard. It'll still be as intense as he wants it, but it'll just, it'll, he'll be able to, the story will get to breathe. And, 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 to, and not to mention the fact that the relationship that's already been built with HBO because of the animated series, I'm sure it would be easier for him to, and yourself, if you were going to help write with it, I mean, to, you know, go ahead and get back into that world again, especially with HBO giving you their full uh, support. So, well, yeah. you look at HBO, how they, I mean, they really went to, you know, went to the mat with Watchmen with, I mean, they, they clearly will take swings and that's yep. amazing. I mean, you've got, you know, uh, Lovecraft Country. You've got, you know, on HBO Max, you've got Raised by Wolves. I mean, mm-hmm. these are shows that are not necessarily, you know, easy to, to to comprehend, but they're willing to take those swings, and I think that's great. Right on, man. That's a great point, man. I I hate to I hate to swing all the way back around to Halloween now because <laughs> by the way, we both grew up in the dark watching HBO late at night, yeah, like watching watching that show. So we're both. I, I keep down a little bit. I'm sorry, man. I, like, I <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, no, out. <laughs> I love it, dude. Like I said, the, we could talk to you about Rapid Fire for 30 minutes. I mean, we could. <laughs> we, we, we love your stuff, man. We really do. Um, but Clinton uh, asked a good question here from the chat that I noticed while we were talking, and I've always wanted this myself. I've thought, okay, if we're going to jump around like they're doing with Halloween, right, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to move around the canon and do things like that, and it's so popular right now that maybe you could. I've always wondered what if they jumped back into the franchise and they did, they picked up from other sequels that never really got to the right place. Uh, Halloween 4 had its obvious sequel in Halloween 5, of course, but yeah. it had a lot of issues as far as, yeah. you know, carrying on your story and stuff like that. Do you think that there would be any chance in history? And I know, of course, that's not up to you. But I guess, A, would you do it? And B, do you think there's any shot in hell that they would ever come and be like, hey, we're going to do something weird. We're going to make a sequel to Halloween 4, and we want to bring you and Dwight Little back to do it. You know, I would, I'll never say never, because I know that the rights are really bifurcated, uh, who owns what. And I think Halloween 4 sits either by itself or, within, or maybe with Halloween 2 as separate from the other Halloween franchises. Um, because of what was really strange, I think it was two or three years ago, they actually did a Halloween four 
uh, attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood. And I thought it was so strange that for, for you know, Halloween Horror Nights, they picked Halloween 4 as an attraction. And I realized it must be because Trankus owns Halloween 4 and they could license it to Universal. Uh, whereas the other films, I think, are owned by, by Miramax. So, you know, what Trankus, you know, they've made their bones on that money and, and on those films and the money they've made has come from Halloween. And I wouldn't be surprised if Malik would say, you know what, Halloween 4 is rich territory. Let's try to mine that and see where we can, where we can you know, pull some story out of it. That's, that's a really good point, man. That, that, that's a really good point because, uh, yeah, that's when he bought all the rights is because after the whole thing with Halloween 3, he went and bought it all up that way could do what they wanted to do. So I could totally see that when I know the mask is a big thing. Uh, it's always important. We've, we've talked to, to tractors of the new movie and said like, Hey, whatever they got wrong, whatever you think they got wrong in the new movie, the mask was great. And they got Michael, right. Which I feel like is so important. And mm. I've maintained a couple times. I've been like, Hey, you go, I think, I think your movie, I think Halloween four is underrated in a sense that if you go back and you fix a couple of those shots of the mask, cause I know they had tons of trouble with it and the classic yep. shoulder pad scenes and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was like, if you go back and you deep fake that thing and you put the original mask on that thing. And I think that everybody loves it the same way we love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it would make a huge difference because Michael and his mask matter so much. When you were writing yeah. the script, did you ever, because I know he had the bandage mask and then I know he yeah. gets, he gets his mask from the store ultimately, but mm -hmm. was there anything on your side of the notes uh, involving the mask or did you just kind of assume that hey, we're going to get the mask from the original throughout? I assume we get the mask from the original. And I think that was the problem. The mask, I don't remember the story that well, but we had a mask that I think was one of the original masks but for but the the hair had changed color, and so we had this mask that where the hair didn't match. It was the the color was wrong, and you know you see it in that one scene when he throws moves through the door, and you yeah. see the actual the miscolored mask yeah. uh, on it. So we, I think they there was so many shots with that, then they had to go back and redo it. And I just think you know that was part of the problem. But no, I mean in the script it was you know the mask he gets is supposed to be. You know, you know, just like the mask from the original, from the first film. Yeah. So as writing it in your mind's eye, it's the William Shatner mask and all that. Yeah. So all the yeah. way, all I the way. I think that would have made such a difference too. I really yeah. do. I think that would have made all the difference in the world for that movie. Uh, there, there's a, so you took a lot of ballsy swings at the end of Halloween four uh, with, with the whole Jamie thing and all that stuff. And uh, a lot of, there was, a, if you have, you heard about the taking shape books? No, I haven't. Oh, they've got these books called Taking Shape, and they talk about all the sequels that were never actually made. They're great books. Uh, they, they're, there's there's some follow-ups to your alls that never actually got to the screen. Uh, they, they go in interviews with the scripts and all that. It's really great. But either way, there's there's kind of a rule. There's a rumor, at least, that there's a rule uh, with the Akkads, uh, an unwritten rule or a written rule, however you want to put it, that you cannot kill Michael Myers. I've heard that. Um, that you're not allowed to. Whatever you do with the movie, you can't kill him. And I was curious, A, was there, when you got when you went in to write this script, did, did Akkad or anybody say, write your script, but don't do this, this, or this? Was there any rules, any parameters, anything they said, whatever you do, you can't do this with Michael? And B, uh, in your mind, was Michael officially dead at the end of that movie? Because I know you've referenced that before, but... I always find it interesting when Loomis walks into the house, he actually believes that all of a sudden he's like, you know, the evil's dead. It's officially right. gone. Uh, in your mind's eye, when, when, when Jamie can, and sorry, I know this is a long loaded question, but okay. when Jamie was to come back as Michael Myers, uh, technically in the sequel, 
what was the vision of that? Was that someone wearing the same mask, doing the same thing, or was that a brand new thing? Yeah, what was supposed to be or the way, if I'm you know thinking back a million years, my and 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 Sayer says this, it's like you can't kill evil, it, it doesn't die like a man dies. And so my thought, I mean, and we know from Halloween two that it's that the presence is Sam Hain. And so in my mind, Sam Hain has been moving through history since whenever. And that it moved through some care, somebody at some point, and it, and it moved from that person into Michael. And now we've had Michael carry forward. And it, who knows, maybe it's connected to the same family line. I think that was part of my thinking is that it's passed down through this family line, but that um, he then, then when Jamie takes his hand, it's now it's passed to her. So you, you did have the option to have it be a story that continues through her and that the, the shell the shape, the body is now disposed of. I didn't specify that. And I don't, you know, invariably Michael always comes back. But um, yeah, the thought was the, the, the cycle of evil will continue. And that, you know, it doesn't matter. The body is merely a vessel for this evil as it continues. And Jamie was going to be the new vessel. Yeah, man, that's how I took it too. Like, I, like especially watching it, it almost felt like uh, it, was, it was the idea that the evil uh, was a virus that was contracted by his niece especially being you know of the same blood and whatever and then he right. moves down the line yeah so i, I get it 100 percent. that's that's actually cool that's I, yeah because i'm remembering that because back in this in the original script uh in writing there were that things that didn't make it to the, the screen uh jamie had been having nightmares about him mm -hmm. and she kept seeing him in her nightmares and, she, and that's why there's a point in the script or in the movie where she says it's the nightmare man because mm -hmm. she'd been dreaming about him and seeing him and in her dream so it's in, it was in her blood. That's why she responded to the, to the, uh, you know, uh, the clown uh, Halloween costume. Right. It, it, it was in her. It's like a legacy is slowly being passed, passed to her. So if you were to start, if you were to do like, and that, and that's the way I took it. The, the hand touch scene was, was really smart. The way that right before mm -hmm. he goes down and they threw the dynamite, you know, that, that was really smart. And I didn't realize it cause I'm an idiot until I watched the documentary where he says that, Oh no, that's the pass on. Uh, if you if you had written Halloween five, would you have found the way for her to be in the original, the original Michael stuff, or, or would have there been a, some some other thing I, yeah, at play? I, so long, I can't remember. I mean, sure, Dwight and I probably thought of some stuff, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish Dwight and I will often you know comment that we wish we had done the sequel. I mean, mm -hmm. we'll say why did we, we we you know it was laid out there and we just didn't do it and. We remember uh, Mustafa calling and it's his unique voice. We would go, he would call up and go, Alan, <laughs> we want to do another Halloween. It was just, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great. Mustafa was fantastic. Uh, and I really wish, uh, Dwight, I will say, we wish we'd done Halloween 5, man. Yeah, that, that, I've always been so fascinated with the Akkads. Uh, just when you hear him talk and you hear people talk about him, it's, it's, it's yeah. just always really fast. And they love the character. That's uh, the best part. Yeah. They love it so much. It actually means something to them. It's not just, you know, that's why I think it doesn't end up like Friday the 13th and Legal Battle and all these other things because they just have such a deep love for it, man. And you can yeah. tell you do too. And we're just, I know you're a busy man. You got things you got to do, so we'll let you go. But I, I just want to say really thank you so much for spending time with us. And the door here is always open, man. Like I said, we'll do a rapid fire episode. I have no problem with it. We <laughs> yeah, can man, talk to you for days. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon was great. I will say Brandon was, was amazing. He was an incredibly kind individual. And uh, I'll tell you one quick Brandon story and then say, say goodbye, which is that 
Brandon and I were working on Rapid Fire 2. We were, we were talking it through and we were you know, talking about a sequel and we were out playing pool. And Brandon was notoriously amazing at playing pool. And so I'm standing there, cue stick, he's shooting shots, making every shot, doesn't miss a shot. And he sees, I'm just standing there. You know, I, I'm not gonna get a shot. He's, and so he, he didn't think I caught this, but he purposely missed a shot just so I get a chance at the table. I mean, that's who he was, you know? And I mean, Brandon was one of a kind and would have had a just an amazing, amazing long lived career be a classic uh, 100%. Say. And he's still is. he is Even for the few movies he made. He, he is a classic. I mean, the crow is incredible. And I was just, I'm gratified and thankful. I got a chance to a legend, dude, a legend for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Man. Thank you so much. I, 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 I don't know what to say. And hey, I, thank you. I know I've said it, but anytime we'll, we can, we can do a breakfast show if we need to, buddy. We'll have you on here anytime. <laughs> Pancakes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pancakes. Alan. Man. There you go. <laughs> All right. Have a great have night, man. Thank you. That was awesome. Man, fuck yeah. I cannot believe that shit happened, man. That was I, awesome. I, uh, that dude was so goddamn nice, and he was so full of knowledge. It felt like I was talking to goddamn Raiden or something like that from the mountaintop. Like I oh, felt man. like he was gonna give me all the answers that I'd sought, and like I don't know, like he was cool. As shit. Uh, dude, I, like like one of the, you know what? Honestly, I, I'm gushing because I was like, oh my god, I just found my date for prom. <laughs> like I don't know, I just like. <laughs> I know, dude. And guys, yeah. trust me. Like I said, we we you know uh, we would. We would have talked that dude's off ear off all night. Oh man, I thought we were gonna. I thought we were. I, I was checking the clock, and I'm like, like we're starting to go over because I, I was like, I was like, but I feel good. He's not said anything yet, but holy shit, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. What a wonderful man. Like he, he seems like a really nice guy. And you know, to be honest, uh, before the interview even happened, I was telling, him, I was a little nervous because uh, there was so much stuff I wanted to ask him. Yeah. I loved, obviously, Halloween Four. It, you know. Um, and that's why, you know, we mentioned that is if you have Halloween one and you have Halloween four in a lot of people's minds, they're equal in what they mean to the series. Um, but do I like the spawn thing, man? Like that was like, like I'm a fucking like, dude, I used to, I had all the spawn comic books and then just to see that shit happen for real. Like to get to talk to the, 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 the dude that did the, he was like, uh, you made a deal, you stupid son of a bitch. Now it's time to pay the piper. Like that wrote lines like that. And it worked with, uh, dude, I, I I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And what a nice guy. And like, dude, that information he's, he's given us here. I, a lot of that Halloween stuff, I have not heard before. I did not know. I don't know if that's out there or not. I'm pretty sure it's not. The thing about the basement scene, the fight with Meeker at the end, there's so many things that he said that I'm going to go back and watch this myself just to take that in again. Yeah, and he was well-spoken, and he, and he's really intelligent, and each uh, response, you could tell that he was trying to give an honest-to-God good answer. Like, as far as, like, he was thinking about it and giving, you know, you know, like, he, he like, like, some people that you interview, like, I'm not saying that I, we haven't interviewed that many people, and I'm not saying that any of that we've interviewed that has done this, but you see some other interviews and people will ask a questions, and you know, like they kind of flick that shit off like it's a gnat that's yeah. bothering them. They'll give you a half-assed answer. Or they didn't really, they don't give you a full answer. They don't take the time to answer the question. Right. I feel like he was actually taking in what we were asking and like giving us really good, solid answers as much as he could remember, and that was great, man. That's like that's a guy that gives a fuck about his fans, man. Yeah. 
No doubt about it, dude. Yeah, and it gives a fuck about the things he's talked about, too. You, you see so many interviews with people, and you see him talk, and they're always like, I don't know, man. It was 20 years ago. I wrote a movie for a paycheck. And, like, mm. you can ask him something that was this tiny little thing in, in Halloween 4 movie that was so long goddamn ago, and then he has an eloquent, smart, exact reason and exact answer for it. And yeah. I don't fault anybody for not having any memory about it, but damn. I mean, fuck, that I, was some... I could, I could see as any director being, like, really easy, like, he'd be an easy guy to work with because he feels like he's very uh, amiable. Like, he's like, he's like I'm going to work with you on this, and I want to make sure it's the best of everything we can get. Yeah. Like, he's not one of those douchebags that you could see uh, in a lot of ways that these script writers would be like, this is the way it's got to goddamn be, and you don't fucking fight me on it, asshole. <laughs> like, shit, dude. Like, I mean, I just... Can we change one thing? Can I make Miss Lippy's car green? <laughs> no, it's blue! Uh, you know, I, whatever. I, but he, like... Yeah, dude, like what a really a super nice guy, like super nice guy. I had a lot of fun talking to him, dude. And honestly, like you said, dude, we could, we could make our own Lord of the Rings fucking trilogy out of it with talking to him alone. We could do like nine oh, yeah. hours. I want to do an Arturo Gatti three round thing. I want to do that three times at least. <laughs> Hopefully we can get him back on again, man. Because yeah, I, I hope he comes back, man. I'll be honest with you, man. Like I don't normally get that nervous, but I was nervous as shit. And the reason I was yeah. nervous as shit was the same reason you were, were is that it's such – that the mind that he had when he was writing uh the, these movies in Halloween 4 or whatever and uh is is there's so much there's so many questions and it's like man I hope we write I hope we ask the right ones <laughs> I hope we get it all fit in that 30 minutes there like yeah, I was man. nervous as shit that we were going to walk away going fuck we missed the chance but I feel great we I got a lot. Great. We got we got a lot of material in there, man. We got we got good stuff about Wrong Turn. We got a great Brandon Lee story. That was fucking awesome, dude. We got we were working on we Rapid Fire too, cool. man. Yeah, Halloween four. I know we got a lot of good shit in there, man. That was fun, man. And I, I hope he had a good time. I, we had a great time. But yeah, dude. As uh, and, and again, it's not taking away anything from our other guests. But honestly, uh, I right before we came back on to do the interview, I was starting to. I was trying not to think about it too much. But I was like, this motherfucker wrote halloween four like this motherfucker <laughs> wrote bond like yeah. uh, this motherfucker did a lot of crazy shit and now we're gonna sit down and chat with him and pick his brain i got nervous dude i, I had to check my pits i had to do some old spice deodorant a little bit from the extra like i was yeah. getting sweaty under my pits yeah i got i got i got i got shaky handed because i was the same thing i was like I, i'm charged up now i gotta i gotta i gotta fit all this shit in man but uh well, I, I wasn't trying to do my hands but I, I i was trying to my voice was because i get like uh when i i was trying to talk because uh, I was getting, uh, I, I start talking faster when I get nervous, and then the stutter, I, I start to stutter a little bit. I'm like, what I want to ask you is, you know, it's like, oh shit, I wrote it down though, and I can't even read my handwriting. Turn a couple grown ass men into a couple schoolboys. Don't don't tell us this shit that mattered us, man. But yeah, man, I'm I'm so fucking. He had such great answers about Spawn and about Wrong Turn and about Halloween Four. Shit, that was cool, man. That was awesome. Mark Dorman. Thanks, buddy. He says, great interview. Don't spit it all in one place. I'll, I'll buy a pack of cards, buddy, if I can find one. Wee. Courtney Reed says, I like mashed potatoes now. I said it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Twice-baked mashed potatoes are really fucking good. Or twice-baked baked potatoes. Those are some good shit, Potatoes, too. potatoes, calves Courtney and six. Courtney knows shit. <laughs> I don't know. Mashed taters. Yeah, you could broil them, smash them, stick them in a soup. What's taters, precious? Hey, put a potato chip in your butt and sit down and hear it crunch from your butthole. 
That's no a lot to do. No way, whole day. Anyways, I don't know. We just went from professional to talking about putting potato chips in our ass. So I, I, I wanted to ask him about that, but I don't think that would have been appropriate time probably to not. do it. Well, did you ever think about putting Michael Myers in a, in a situation where he got a potato chip go up his asshole? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we did this one question, we missed asking him what he thinks about whether or not Michael Myers poops because. Oh yeah. You know. Well, you know what? He was such an a nice guy. I felt like if we had gone and we, I didn't want to drag him down into the mud skankery that we normally do. Like, I didn't want to do that. Like he was such a nice guy. I didn't want to infect him with that. Like, you know, he was answering like really eloquently and and really professionally. And then all of a sudden we like, Hey man, you think Michael Myers takes a dump? Did you ever think about putting that in your script that he peed one time? Like, I don't know. He'd be like, yeah, this is not going so well now. Jonathan, we did technically ask him why they didn't film the police station massacre because, uh, I asked him, um, about off-screen deaths. Was there anything in the script that happened yeah. that, that didn't show up on screen? And, and that was obviously included in that because the, 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 the massacre at the police station didn't appear on screen. But, oh. uh, you, know, you know, hopefully we'll get a round two with them and we can ask that and more because I, I, I have about ten more questions I could have asked. The, the, I, you know, the police, uh, the police thing massacre, I, I almost thought about asking that, but then I, uh, for a second I was like, oh, shit, did that happen in Halloween 5? I couldn't remember specifically – where that occurred i know it was a big like i was like oh you always talk about like we wish that we'd seen that like that would have been a badass scene that could have rivaled halloween six's hallway scene yeah with the, the strobe lights by the way uh someone said uh who was it um william bauer says halloween video game question mark i don't know i mean the thing about that is if we asked him about that yeah he could have given us his opinion on it but i don't think he's ever I mean, i'm not i'm not saying he would know he wouldn't know anything about it but as far as like i don't i don't know if they go in the same realm together right so yeah. like if you ask him about video games like i don't know if he would really know anything about that yeah i agree man uh hey we're going to take a quick break and decompress cuz i'm feeling pretty hyped right now i'm pretty psyched about that conversation we just had going to go take a pee pee cuz i'm excited like, my ask me is like you change your shirt for him. It's like no man. I did. I mean I could I could say that, but uh, in reality I was toasty in my buns, so I had to take that sweater <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, guys, we will be right back here in just a few, and we'll hang out a little bit more now. Okay. We'll see you. Shoot him again. All right. Was. Yeah. I, I I had to. Yeah, dude. I was nervous as fuck. Like I, that's why um, normally uh, I like to like not drink at all before we have an interview guest because I don't want to like you know be fucked up or something. But dude, I was so I, like, but I felt like I was so nervous that like it was burning through my alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to keep it buoyed. I, God I, damn, I, I can't get over how cool of a guy he was. Holy shit, dude. I I'm I'm so fucking pumped about his answers to some of those questions dude i want to be on a high all night long there's no doubt about that the only thing i forgot to ask him which i meant to um but you know i'm glad that we got as much uh that you know material that we could ask him in the 30 minutes that we had him for uh was i was going to ask him if that dialect was real you know during the 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 village people the ymca people in 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 the wrong turn if that was a real dialect or if it was a made-up dialect you told me you were going to ask that when we talked earlier tonight and i i i I was waiting on you to follow up with your question, but then you got silent for a second, and I was like, "Well, I don't want to have this awkward silence, so I'll just jump in." Well, but I wanted yeah, to know no, too. Well, I got well because I was I was nervous, and I like I felt like I was gonna fart and shit my pants or something. Like, <laughs> like I almost like I almost no. went blank blank faced, but no, no I, you did great, I was, dude. Those spawn questions were fucking on point, man. Those were great well, questions. The, the the thing is, is that I really wanted to make sure that the wrong turn was explored because again, Mike and I aren't bullshitting. The wrong turn reboot is actually good. I know that some people didn't like it or whatever, but I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And I didn't say that to him because I didn't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes. But I think it was – I mean, it's different, but I feel like I enjoyed it more than The Wrong Turn, the original. I mean, I just did. Like, I don't know why. I just – they're two different movies, but I just enjoyed that version better. 
because of the whole idea that you don't know who the bad guy is. I think that's a smart fucking play. Yeah. But um, and I yeah, think man. it was doing the same thing would have been played out. Like the the thing that the choice that they made with the new Wrong Turn movie was genius because I know, like you said, there's some fans of the Wrong Turn sequels. Uh, mm. There's not that many of like the deeper sequels, but they they, they I saw some. <laughs> I saw some flack that they were getting for this movie because it it takes different uh, steps yeah. than than the other one did. But I I thought that's exactly what it fucking needed. Well, uh, you know I, I mean? I'll, yeah, well, we go. To the, I can go to the YouTube comments and fucking look at all the some of the hate that we got. It's like motherfuckers, how much you paid? How much were you paid by uh, Constantine Films, bitch? Sorry, like, I can't not a goddamn that. dollar. I'm busy renting my private private jet from the the wrong turn people. <laughs> I can't answer that. But, uh, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I. I hope he comes back, man. I like again. Uh, like Mike said, we could pick his brain for hours, like hours and hours and hours. And that whole story with Brandon Lee. And you know the weird thing is, you could see, like, I mean, I, I didn't. We didn't know Brandon Lee personally, but you, just the kind of guy he was. You could see that he'd do that. Like he would just be badass at pretty much every sport and like everything he did, and then just be like, you know, you really suck at pool, bro. I'm going to let you get one shot in because I really feel like I'm taking <laughs> a baby in the park. That's a good dude right there, man. Uh, and that doesn't surprise me at all from everything I've heard about Brandon Lee or seen from him, man. And he's absolutely right. I've thought that multiple times, and we've talked about it multiple times. If if Brandon Lee's life hadn't been tragically ended, man, that guy, oh, he was man. a star already. But I think today he would be, like, up there with the greats, man. Like, just as yeah, popular I, as the, the Leos and all that shit. I really believe yeah, that. Man. I feel I feel like like it's back in the day the NBA Jam tournament edition when you get like on fire when you're shooting the ball and it like lights up and it goes to the net and it's like burning up the net. <laughs> yeah. It's like, gotta be the shoes. That's how <laughs> fucking like I think Brandon Lee would have been that if he hadn't died in the crow. Like his shit would have been stratosphere high. I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about like you know how Heath Ledger would have been the same way if he hadn't died. Like his career would have been goddamn ginormous. Yeah, dude. And 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 for those of you who have never heard of Rapid Fire. And because of this interview, you might go check it out and definitely do. Um, oh, so good. Don't forget when you're looking for a follow up to that to watch Showdown in Little Tokyo, Brandon mm. Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Uh, we did a Revenge of the Action movie deep cut on that. If you want to go to Revenge of the Action movie, check it out. To me, that's one of the most underrated action movies of all time. Uh, happy birthday, Tony. I better say happy birthday, Tony. So, Tony, Tony happy birthday, to happy you, Tony. birthday Tony. Tony. Have a good one. Crack a colon. Get Have it going. some gabagool. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, by the way, it's weird. Uh, Cody, uh, my brother, Mike's best friend, uh, really big Brandon Lee fan as well. Uh, and, and all the, like the kickboxer, blood sport, all that shit like that. Dude, honestly, like he told me this a uh, couple of days ago, which I was like, really? He's like, he wasn't even a big fan of Showdown in Little Tokyo. I'm like, that's what? weird, man, because that was a good fucking movie. Like, that was a badass movie. He's like, yeah, because I, I don't know what it was, man. I don't know if it was Dolph Lundgren was overacting in that. It was kind of cheesy. And then uh, Brandon Lee was kind of a prick. I was like, well, Brandon Lee was probably the best part of the movie. Like, Dolph yeah. Lundgren was great, too. But Brandon Lee was, like, anchored the film. Like, I got that. Like, I mean, he actually worked. It was it was like a it was like a canon films tango and cash kind of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, Greg Harris says, always love watching y'all stream. I got naked for this one. Well, Greg, get it! I, I like the thought of picturing you naked, buddy. And I would get naked with you and eat potatoes. Right, you know what? I, I, I picture, and I hope, Greg, that you did this, that you put on the same pink thongs that that dude that streaked out on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl game. You had the same <laughs> smooth ass that he had. That guy had a nice butt cheeks. Yeah, dude. I, I, like there, I, literally, there was a close-up like on, on like a Yahoo News or whatever, and they went right to the cheek. It was like as like smooth as butter. <laughs> JT Custom says, hey, Mike, will you, you all do another uh, horror profile on any horror movie character? You know what's weird? With those horror profiles, 
Falls, and here's why there's been so few of them. I know we played one during the break, which is what brought that question up. Um, the thing about the horror profiles is, A, they take a shitload of research because we literally like do every inch of the character from start to finish. Um, and B, when we did them, nobody watched them. You know what That's I mean? True. Like I love they were those fun, videos. I, I, they were fun. I mean, I didn't mind doing like you know the pin, the, the cinnabites and all that stuff. But yeah, it, I mean, honestly, dude, like you can't, like you get this much of a of a like a, a backstory of one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like like if you're gonna pick one random cinnabite to talk about, like Butterball, for instance, uh, from the original uh, Hellraiser cinnabites, they give you this much. Then you got to go back and look at what actually Clive Barker said and all this other shit. And uh, it's not it's not bitterness. I mean, we're not being mad about it or whatever but it's just it there, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of demand for it to, to be a mainstay of the program i'm not saying that we'd never go back to yeah. it but it's just the, the amount of yeah because the amount of work that goes in it because you got hours of research and then it's a video that takes hours of editing afterward there's a lot of editing that goes into those videos so it didn't really take off the way we want but we've had a lot of series that we've that we've not continued because it just didn't seem like the demand was there um the tales from the crypt Thing we were doing we were yeah. watching every episode of tales of the crypt and we were having a blast doing that but nobody was watching them for the most part and eventually those are two things that we do want to figure out a way to bring back i'd like to bring yeah. back the horror profiles i'd love to find a way to bring back the tales from the crypt reviews because i know some people I know enjoyed we left them. off yeah we'd have to go back <laughs> and look like for season, sure i think we were in like season two maybe uh, i think we were right on arnie's like right after arnold schwarzenegger's uh, uh thing but yeah dude they were fun um and again, but you know, anytime you have uh, new video ideas, especially if it's a series that you're going to try to get, it's like throwing uh, craps at a wall. Like you don't know, like if it, if it, you know, you might get sevens, you might get snake eyes, bitch. Like you don't know, but uh, I'm glad that some of you guys enjoyed it. Claire, Clara. Uh, all right. So Claire in the chat earlier was like, Hey, just say my name, say my name. And then when it was Tony's birthday, Claire was like, it's my birthday. And then Claire said, I'm not leaving the stream until they say my name. So I'm going to tell you this, Clara. I don't hmm. think it's your birthday. I think you're fucking lying. But either way, I've said Claire, 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 Claire. So if it is your birthday, happy fucking birthday. If it's not, then you don't get to eat any fucking chips this whole week. No snack chips for you, okay? You put that rule hey, on yourself. Hey, Clara, shouldn't you be taking care of Dr. Emmett Brown? Weren't you his wife at the end of Back to the Future Part 3? For God's sake! <laughs> Get out of here, Clara. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, but go celebrate it with Dr. Emmett Brown and go fix your fucking time machine. <laughs> hey, and 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 uh, Drew, I see you going through it in the chat too, buddy. Fucking hold strong, man. Wake up tomorrow and feel proud of yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, I didn't do it. I didn't fucking do it. I'm proud of myself. And that's going to be worth way more than anything you're going to get from anything else tonight, buddy. So do it. Do it for Wham. Do it for all yeah, of us. I, I saw I saw that yeah, Drew... Um... I don't know, man. Like, I I feel like that'd be a, a dumb shit move. <laughs> like what you don't were talking it, about. Like, yeah, it'd be dumb as hell. Don't like, especially it. if you come a long way. Uh, I don't. You know what I would do, man? If I were you, like, here, how about you do this? You you put on some tunes, man. Uh, you crack a cold one if you got one. I mean, maybe that may not help or order. I I think it would, but just have a little beer, have, have a little relaxing like session. Well, put I don't know. That might be things. one of those things that you can't do. Well, so I, I think maybe... he was talking about something else specifically, though. But I, I, I like I don't. I don't know, yeah, but either way, that. why don't you just put on some tunes? You let you relax a little bit. Maybe put on your favorite movie. Maybe play a video game. That's what I do. Yeah. Or go outside and smell the fucking air, man. Right. Go for a walk. Go put for on, a drive. Put on some music that makes you happy. And again, tell yourself, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna look at myself and I'm gonna be like, I'm proud of you, you fucking son of a bitch. And that's what you're gonna do. Um, but you know what? 
Hey, happy birthday, Luke Stoltz, in eight months. All right. All right. That's enough, you fucking birthday liars. Luke Stoltz's birthday's in eight months? In eight months, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like, I, I'd love to talk to Luke Stoltz. Like, what's it feel like never be a part of the trilogy that, like, pretty much made Michael J. Fox? <laughs> like, Dirk, Michael J. Fox is already established, but. Dirk Jason Hall says, hell yeah, brothers. Y'all rocked that interview. Asked all the right questions, and I'm a super diehard Spawn, Brandon Lee, and Halloween fanboy. Thanks, Dirk, man. Really appreciate hey, that. Awesome. Put a lot of pressure on ourselves for that one to really get it right because, again, we just there's we only had a thirty minute window and there's so much information to cover. I mean, yeah. and, and like nothing against you guys, like we, if we'd had the guy for an hour and a half, it would be awesome to open up the chat and like we all could get into the yeah. questions that we all wanted to have. But again, you have a limited window and the guy is like probably got a million projects going on and then a million more in his head. You got to let him go, man. You got to you got to you got to catch and release, man. Right, right, right there, right there. That's one. I wanted to ask him what he was working on now, uh, but you know, I just didn't want to keep him. And and again, hey, Clinton, shout out everybody in the chat to Clinton. Clinton got a. We got one. We got one I, chat yeah, question Clinton, in there. Yeah. It was a fucking good one. It was a good one. I may, oh, have, I may have followed was, up I, way too hard with the uh, the Halloween Five. What would you do questions? But I'm curious. God damn it! <laughs> I actually I got a little know. nervous when you started talking about that because I was like, you know, I don't know how he's going to respond with you being like. Yeah, you know, Halloween 5 pretty much fucking sucked. Uh, what would you have done? Because everybody that worked on that movie were high as fuck. I, uh, like, I, I thought he'd be like, you know, I'm not going to comment on what other people did with the film. I just... Oh, like, I thought it was going to yeah. get to that level, but he was actually really nice. Of the film. Yeah, I just... Again, I, you didn't bring the, 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 the Jamie thing. I know. I just... Uh, I want to know so badly. I, it was a personal... It was a personal quest, really, because I just... I want to know so badly what the... What they would have done... Because I he's he's Alan's been on record as saying like he was disappointed that Halloween Five didn't continue yeah. with that, and and you know how we feel about that like I it it all depends on how they would have done it but at the same time I just want to know uh, what it would have been like and you know he he answered that really nicely like it, without actually you know saying it which I, I respect that for sure again man just the fucking the guy, he, he was super nice he was super informative it. dude he he said probably four four to five things about the franchises we talked about that i didn't know and that i don't think have been said before which is really fucking neat you know to have that come out on our channel is pretty fucking cool dude hey man look he he was so professional and so nice and so giving uh, in his responses me and mike looked like a couple of bushels of giggle bush well, this man looked like a, a hero. Like he was, he was answering the questions like right on point, and it was so good. I mean, goddamn, man! Like I could, again, that he he just seems like the kind of cool dude that you meet at Applebee's bar, and you would talk to him for five hours with the jukebox playing all sorts of good music. Like I don't know, it just feels like that's the kind of like I don't know. I felt very comfortable talking to him after a while. So yeah, dude. Yeah, I wish we could, I wish we could go have a couple brewskis with him at a bar somewhere. Who knows what the future will hold? Maybe we end up at one of these conventions in the future. We're like, hey, we interviewed you. You have to hang out with us now. We got to go to Applebee's and have a no, couple. He might turn in like he might turn into like Thanos. Be like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, man. <laughs> Mark said that was a great interview. I can't wait to read about it when we got this covered. <laughs> you know what? You know what they're gonna do? They're like, uh, yeah, they're, they're gonna say uh, Alan McElroy uh, hints that. Spawn will have a crossover in Wrong Turn Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we heard that Spawn was going to be in Halloween Six, <laughs> upcoming. <laughs> yeah, it, I, you know, I was like, honestly, uh, yeah, I'll watch that. But I know it's bullshit. But if he have a, you know what, I, I really did like, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm glad that he got it I, too, because I, I didn't really want to, uh, you know, shit on on the Spawn movie. Because I mean, you know, you got to be honest, it's not like. Uh, an amazing flick. I love the I love the character, and uh, Michael Jai White was a great 
Spawn and John Leguizamo did Awesome as Clown. And you got um, the guy that played Jason Wynn, uh, Charlie Sheen's dad, um, uh, Martin Sheen was great. But it was like, you could, like when he said it was spliced to fuck, like it was edited out, like there was a lot of, sh and I'm like, man, I'm glad you get that because that made me feel better. And I was like, now I can get into where I was going to go and be like, would it not be better to be on HBO as a live yeah. episode series? And he I was like, great that is it. Answer about that too. And he's spot on, dude. Like that's where fucking Spawn deserves to be as long as HBO. 100%. Like yeah. Because if you have a live episode, I could see it being like a Game of Thrones, yeah. like doing a 10 episode arc. And then yeah, you could dude. tell all that backstory that he was talking about that got missed out. Yeah, man, so. it's it, it's insane. And, uh, you know, I think <sighs> I'm going to say this. What? I like Slim Jims. I don't know. Your ass is wet from all the <laughs> leakage. I know. I do want to make an announcement, though, since uh, over 300 of you guys have hung out with us strong most of the night tonight. Thank you all so fucking much, That's by amazing. the way, because it's so scary when we do because interviews are new to us this is maybe our fifth interview um they're new to mm -hmm. us that's just it's a new part of the show that we're doing and you know when you do them yeah you, you always have to worry like we're gonna get this guy we're, we're, we're gonna go through all the the, the steps and then if you do it and it's and, and nobody shows up it, it's kind of like you feel bad because they, they showed up and they took their time to do it because you know for someone who's uh who's working who's got a lot of stuff going on in their life for them to sit down and plan a time and get their Zoom shit set up and get ready and, and, and come on and do it. It's a lot of time out of their day. And if nobody shows up to watch it, I would feel really, really bad. But you guys continue every single time we do one of these interviews and live streams in general to just show up. And it, yeah. it's, it's really fucking nice, man. And we really appreciate you guys for for hanging out and watching this with us tonight. You guys were a big part of that. Uh, 100%. And on top of that, it's really not like you, like you mentioned, man. Like, uh, well, it goes to that um, is the fact that. You know, Mike and I are nobodies as far as, you know, in, in, in the entertainment industry. And these guys take uh, their time out to talk with us. A lot of these legends in, in their fields. And it's really nice to have a platform where all you, all you guys show up and show support for them. Uh, and then they can look over and maybe see that, too. That's that's the best part about it, for sure. A absolutely. I'm, I'm glad they get, like, a little something off of it. And, again, we're not, you know, um, I, I was just happy to talk to him. Like, I mean, I I just thought it was fucking cool. Just like if we if we got someone like John Claude Van Damme, just the, the idea to be able to fucking talk to that guy yeah. would be honoring. Like, it would be like, uh, how come you caught you but not me kind of situation. <laughs> uh, but, but you guys make it make it so much more easy. I'm sure uh, for them as well as us because we can look over and we, we know you you guys got our back and they can look over and see like, hey, people give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it, cool. Exactly, man. And and uh. People are asking about the Sean Claude Van Damme thing. Yeah, we did ask Sean Claude Van Damme to come on the show, not directly. We reached out through the avenue we knew. I found another avenue today. Haven't heard anything back, but I did find another avenue today, uh, a new contact. So I reached out to Sean Claude again today. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys that today I reached out uh, through their appropriate networks. I reached out to Skeet Ulrich. I reached out to David Arquette. Uh, I reached out to Jamie Kennedy. I reached out to Grady from Halloween 4. Uh, who was also in Dazed and Confused. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely reached out to Tom Brady. Uh, probably not going to hear back on that Jamie one. Kennedy? Jamie Kennedy. I reached out to Jamie Kennedy. So what, what about Neff? Uh, I didn't go for Neff. Uh, not because yeah, I, I wouldn't. Say, that's too much. Not because I much. wouldn't. 
Um, but I, that's like going to the Keebler house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've we've reached out. Uh, we're reaching out. Uh, I, Holly, I have reached out to Daniel Harris, but I didn't go through the right place. I went through Instagram and it hasn't been seen yet. I'm going to go through somewhere else. Uh, I don't know how professional it is for me to just be saying who I've reached out to, but I love you guys. So we've reached out to a bunch of people. We're going to continue to reach out to people as Somebody we go. They were like, uh, JT, man, I don't know about that. JT Custom says, or Steven Seagal interview. That would be the most terrifying fucking interview of my entire I'll life. I'll do it, though. Let me tell you, I would love to do it, but, you know, here's the only here's the only solace. I know that a, a goddamn computer screen separates me from his Shidoshi magic. If I say something <laughs> that insults him, he's not going to be able to throat punch me. If That's I'm like, true. hey, man, did that dude make you shit your pants? Did that really happen? <laughs> I would like, not ask it something like that. Uh, yeah, I, was, I know, but it would, it would almost make you want to be like, I don't know what they told you, but it's all a lie. Like I, I don't know, but I don't know. I've seen I've seen other interviews with Stevens. You hey, you muted. You're mute. I'm, I'm back. Oh, we're oh, having uh, we're having. We're having an ice storm uh, situation, and it's really uh, butt fucking the internet right now. But yeah, yeah, dude, a Steven Seagal interview would be fun, but it would be scary as fuck. But that'd be no <laughs> different for me. A Steven Seagal interview, Quentin Tarantino interview, or or a Bruce Campbell interview. Those three are the magic numbers of holy fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that, that they're fuck. I mean. I, I could not imagine if we got any of them on. I'd probably be no, more nervous for Sean Claude Van Damme because if 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 you fuck up a Steven Seagal interview and he's a dick to you, I don't think anybody would be surprised. They'd be like, "Hey, Steven Seagal, it'd probably be funny," it, it, you know. Uh, but if we fucked up like Sean Claude Van Damme, a nice guy like that, and he got pissed yep. at us, then I so I'd probably be more nervous for Sean Claude because you just and again, I was telling Katie about this before we did the interview with Alan. I'm like, I you know what? It's weird. Before we do these, I'm not nervous to talk to them. Because they're just people. And like what we try to do on this show, uh, what we're trying to do going forward is uh, have not be like, you know, entertainment tonight, like, oh, tell, you know, like annoying yeah. and like straightforward and just like chill, chill and like have a, good, have a good time together, hopefully have a drink together, uh, chill out and have fun. And that's the vibe we're going for. But, um, you know, yeah. it, it just all depends on who you got on. And well, that's a, that's the main thing, Mike. You you and I talked about that on Monday uh, when we did that skit for Scream. Uh, the main thing about it is is I mean, obviously Joe, Joe Rogan has cornered the market on what he does. He smokes uh, uh, you know, a couple of giggle bushes with the guests and and has a relaxed three hour environment, which is awesome. I mean, Mike and I are trying to do is it's not the frat boy approach, but what it is is just like if you're gonna hang out with some dudes at the bar and just chill out. And like, we're not there to get you in trouble. We're not there to like make you say or, or get you to say something that's going to jeopardize your career or put you in an uncomfortable position or anything like that. We're just, if you're just fucking hanging out and be like, Hey man, uh, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I write movies. He's like, what'd you write? He's like, Oh, I wrote this. And like, Holy shit. That's badass. What do you think about this? Or, you know, that's all it is. And I, and yeah. we hope that that's at least the atmosphere that these people are, are, are going to get as they come onto the show. Um, uh, but yeah, dude, there are certain people like Steven Skull, dude, I watched a, a goddamn thing when they, which they should have asked. I'm not saying that it wasn't relevant to ask him. Tay, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that they asked him about like uh, sexual misconduct on set or whatever. And motherfucker, this cookie monster doughboy. And again, I would only say this in the safety in the internet. I would never say that to his face, but he just like pulled off the fucking shit and, and like got up and walked out. And I'm like, that's embarrassing. 
Because <laughs> if you said something wrong or you asked him the wrong question and his ponytail flapped in the wind saying goodbye and you could just see the oil going away, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, oh, because we'd just be like, they're like, uh, well, uh, the great Steven Seagal. <laughs> like, as, as he walked away. It would be so uncomfortable. Yeah, I never ever want to get, I never want to ever piss somebody off or like fight somebody or try to get somebody in trouble. I always just want to like have fun with people and like let them feel relaxed and like they're talking. Yeah. Like when we talk to you guys, just like feel like you're just talking to a couple guys having a beer together at a bar. I wish we had the resources to like fly to these people and like meet them in a Great. bar, have a drink together, have like a series like that. It would be dope. Uh, we don't have that option, but uh, so far so good, man. These I get really nervous about these interviews. And again, it's not to talk to them because they're just regular people, and that's the, the trying to vibe we're trying to give them. I don't want to be nervous or be like, "Welcome back to we watched a movie. We're here with Alan McElroy." <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can't dude. wait to see what you know what I mean. Like, I don't want it's that so for anyone alan mcelroy what a what a stunning gentleman that he is he's worked on several hollywood blockbuster films over the years including halloween 4 spawn and spawn the Atlantic series which is a award-winning hbo series mind you welcome back alan and how are you doing today they, and then like, oh god yeah. and then they ask the same exact questions that and, and that's another thing. When we go to do these interviews, what, what what I like to do is I like to go and find every single interview that person's had and either read them or watch them. Because if we're lucky enough to be able to talk to these people and have them on our show, we should at least know the questions that they've been asked 100,000 times before and have enough respect for them not to ask the same question. When you watch most people's interviews, they just ask them the same goddamn thing the last person that interviewed them did. You know what I mean? And, and like, I, I don't want to do that. So, and, and hopefully, hopefully they realize that and you know like i said before about just being a good person and trying to do the right thing it pays off in the end don't right. be josh whedon <laughs> you know and, and i think i think it'll work out for us man i hope we get some of these interviews yeah man i think we will and i think that i think the reputation will grow um hopefully uh, anyway and uh again I'm, I'm proud of us i think that we did a good job and mm -hmm. um i think that he was comfortable i think he had a good time and that's the main focus of I, like you know our technique anyway is to make sure the guest is having a good time because i don't want to put them in, in in like a weird like position that they can't answer things or, or they get uncomfortable or they get mad or or whatever because again it's just it's just drinking some beer hanging out talking shit and and whatever and then whatever comes up comes up and that's i think that's the best part about it and these guys respond i think everybody has so far responded really well and i and i think that's gonna only improve in the future especially when we get the if we get to a, like a John claude Van Damme or something like that, it'll be a lot more nerve wracking for sure, but hopefully we can settle down. Like I was nervous. Mike was nervous with Alan. Uh, but after a little bit and, you know, realizing that he's a human, everything's cool. Like he's cool. Like he just wants to make sure that he's, that we're as comfortable as he is and everything was good. We're vibing. We're playing racquetball together now, bitch. Like <laughs> I was like, Hey, it's all good. We're, we're fine now. Like, and by yeah. the way, he has a beautiful smile and I, I really did enjoy if he's got a little, he's got a warm face, man. He's I got like, a I warm, just trusting I just like, face. I, I was like, I want to make you fucking smile, man. I, I want you to like, you, like the smile that he gave me was like the same kind of smile as like if I brought home an A to my parents and it was like, <laughs> it's not. like I was like, it makes me feel good. Man. I it's, totally. That's the perfect way to explain yeah. that, man. Josh yeah. McGrath says, uh, Mike J, what did you think of the fan posters I created, dude? Those were cool. Did you see that the Halloween Five fan poster he created, where it's like the uh, hunt oh, for dude, Michael yeah. Myers? That was oh, cool. Dude, that I, yeah, I, I did the uh, Ric Flair woo. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I, I would, like, you know what? I, I think that would be badass. Like, if, if they, it was a found footage about a couple of two douchebags on YouTube that were trying to search out the real Michael Myers, and you wind up finding the real Michael Myers. 
And like, it's not like, maybe it's not like the movies, but it's like a more like dirtier, nastier version, even worse than Rob Zombies. I mean, that's a pretty cool idea. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I, dude. I kind of dig it. Uh, hey, um, well, Drew Harry said, thanks for the encouragement, fellas. Uh, our department on the Scorsese DiCaprio movie was dropped Saturday. Major blow to my career, man. No relapse. Got weed. Hey, whatever you can do hey, and do stay that giggle bush. doesn't drop you back into the bad places, do it, man. Hey, anything, hey man. Just going to make you stronger, bro. That's, that's all it, it's going to do. That's why I said crack a cold one of the giggle bush. You'll be all right. Don't you worry about it. You put you on some music there, bro. Fucking right, man. Hey, hey, the, the dark times only make the bright times more brighter. You'll be there. Like, I, I like uh, uh, some people I follow that have a, 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 a running theme of a mantra, and that's that they fucking like losing. They like it when bad shit happens to them because it gives them a chance to fucking overcome it on the other side. They enjoy it. They, they feel uncomfortable winning, and they like doing that stuff. And I, and I, and I totally understand that, man, and uh, uh, that'll be you too, buddy. You're going to be fine. Fucking take it, hey, put it, put it in the fuel tank, and then work your fucking face off to, to turn that L into a W. And you're like already doing it. it. Light the giggle bush, drink the beer, get it's fine. Don't you worry no more. God damn, man. You ain't got to go down no route that you can't go down and you can't recover from. Now fucking stop it. Stop it. Get it going. Chicago. Ryder says you should interview Tom Hardy. We would. We'll you know what? He's actually, he's actually a dangerous motherfucker, too. Like, he can get real violent. Not violent, <laughs> but he can get real, like, smart-ass with fucking... If you ask the wrong question, like, I think some dumb shit asked him about his sexuality. At a press conference, he was like, "Why? That that would be a stupid. Why would you ask anybody about their fucking sexuality? Because well, because it was like it was for like a woke. I don't know, but he was like, why do you need to know?' And they were like, "Well, it's because you know, you know, in the movie, because it's when he played the twins, and one of them was gay and the other one wasn't. He was like, but if you already know, then why does it matter? I mean, he just made the guy look fucking stupid. Yeah, I was like, because again, they're there to sell their goddamn movie, not to answer personal questions about their sexuality. You dumb shit. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Where'd it go? Someone said it. Uh, William Bauer says Jay needs to interview Mike and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, well, we can't when no, when none of these people reached out to say yes. That's what we we'll like. Guys, I got a big we'll interview just, this week. It's Jay. <laughs> you know what we're gonna do? I'm like, dude, uh, we'll, why do you wear those shitty shirts? <laughs> <laughs> these are these aren't shitty, man. This is like uh, I just, this is, I'm not thought literally. I was just saying like something stupid I like got, that. I got this. Hey, this is a nine ninety nine shirt from Peebles Department <laughs> Store. <laughs> uh, Why are you such an asshole? It's fucking borders. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I um, we'll we'll just dress up as as the characters that we've been through the channel. We'll interview those. Because <laughs> like, so when did you first decide to put on a leather mask and be an asshole about NFL? <laughs> <laughs> that would actually, you know, would be kind of funny. Uh, maybe, maybe it would be fucking terrible. But if we interviewed each other's characters as ourselves, like if I, as Mike, interviewed Dr. Loomis or interviewed uh, Slenderman, or and then you as Jay interviewed Chalice or interviewed Leatherface, like, but dead serious, like, be yourself to the other person. I don't know. That could be the worst idea ever. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I was just thinking, all right, well, I don't want to bring this up because this is a long, this would be a long goddamn uh, post or, 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 or fucking... Uh, talking point but apparently and again once again lucasfilm has bit the knee because they're a bunch of pansy motherfuckers uh with the balls tucked firmly in their crack gina carino has been let go from the mandalorian uh who will no longer appear uh in the mandalorian season three as well as the spinoff show they were doing because they're bitches and they buckled under pressure because they didn't like what gina carino had said uh it's uh, it sucks man because gina carino had done an amazing job uh, this was reported by IGN. Uh, she is gone. She's let go because of bullshit and politics letting themselves be known in the fucking 
film industry. It sucks, man. That really sucks. Uh, that's that she was a great character, and I really liked her character a lot. And I would love to see where that go. I don't give a fuck what she was doing in her politics. I don't give a fuck who she voted for. I was just interested in her character. But you know, Disney, in their ultimate wisdom, decided to let her go. What'd she say? Gina Carino. Yeah. Gina Carino, I think, supported it. She probably, I think, that she was a conservative. Uh, she uh, had come out, which I don't agree with. I don't think that she was in in. Uh, in support of masks, um, which again, I don't agree with the politics of a person, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to fucking fire them uh, for their politics, especially when they're posting you know, on their social media. When you give so many other assholes the opportunity to post bullshit, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, well, not Chris Pratt necessarily, but anybody else that will post their bullshit on their social media accounts, but you won't let them go and they could say some really vile shit. I just feel like, you know, I, I mean, it, it really sucks, man, because Gina Carino really was a good fucking character. I really enjoyed that character. And now that Disney has buckled the knee to the bastards out there that have been calling hashtag fire Gina Carina, it's really sucky, man. And again, I don't want to turn this into a three hour uh, talking point because, again, yeah. you could, but it's, I don't, it's really shit. I'd have to look at what she actually said. I mean, not well, you and I both talked about this. Not not agreeing with masks just makes you kind of stupid, in my opinion. But I wouldn't. I don't think you should get fired from your job for that. I don't know what else she said or what well, else I don't there either. Was I, like all I know, I know that she was. Uh, like I know that she was a conservative. From what I understand, I know mm. that she was a conservative. Again, I don't know a hundred percent. I don't know, yeah. but I know that she had made a post at some point about the coronavirus and about the masks. And you know, again, you, you believe what the fuck you want, man. If your job. If it was me personally, if I were an actor on a great show like The Mandalorian or if I was on any kind of show like that, I probably wouldn't be posting bullshit on fucking media at all, social media where it would jeopardize my job. I'm just saying 100 percent I won't do that. Uh, and I like to keep politics out of the, you know, the sphere of what I'm trying to, you know, like, don't don't um, eat what you shit kind of thing. Right. Or yeah. don't shit what you eat. It's kind of that kind of thing. Uh, it just sucks, man. I, I don't know. I, I you know, I, again, I, I only I only say it sucks. I don't know the girl personally. I don't know Gina Carino. Um, I just know that she was. All right, fine. Okay, so fine. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you guys a brief thing from IGN that just came in. Karina was the subject of much criticism recently when in a now-deleted Instagram post, um, this is bad, uh, she compared being a modern-day Republican to being Jewish during the Holocaust. Now, you probably shouldn't have said that fucking at all uh, on your social media account. Yeah. The hashtag... Uh, Fire Gina Carino has trended on social media in recent months after other incendiary comments by the television and film stars. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that Lucasfilm planned on announcing in December that Carino would star in her own Star Wars series. Those plans were scrapped after Carino's November tweets. Uh, she says, quote, there have been looking for a reason. They have been looking for a reason to fire her for two months. And today was the final straw. I'm sorry. That was THR saying that Carino has also been vocally against the use of masks in public spaces during the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as insinuating voter fraud conspiracy regarding the 2020 presidential election. Again, that's personal. I don't give a fuck. You can believe what you want about that. Carino first appeared on as Cara Dune. Uh, that's just who she was. So the story is still developing, but I'm assuming that the last straw for them was the fact that she was comparing being a Republican in Hollywood today as being a Jew in the Holocaust yeah, of Germany. Uh, I don't know, that was man. not yeah. a smart fucking move to yeah. make. As far as her being against uh, politics, or I mean, not politics, but against uh, the mask and 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 supporting 
you know, it, it is what it is. I don't care. Uh, her character was good, but you probably shouldn't have made that comparison. That was probably fucking stupid. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, one of my favorite things to say in 2020 and 2021 is you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it. it's, it's uh, again, you'd have to know all the details uh, about everything that's gone on there. But that's just like you said, that's a pretty stupid fucking thing to say. Well, here's the thing. Is it is it fucking dumb? I mean, yeah, you're a stupid asshole for sure. Should you lose your job? I don't know. I mean, if I were an employer and you were doing a great job and you were doing a kick-ass job on my show that I've created and you were a great character, I don't know if I'd do that. What I would tell you is to shut your fucking mouth and stop making us look bad. Like, don't bring your politics into the, you know, I, I would just say that. Like, that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I mean, I mean, somebody should have warned her, hey, you shouldn't be running your fucking mouth like that on goddamn, I mean, I, <laughs> you don't compare yourself as a Republican in living in today's world as being a jew in the holocaust times it's not like it's not exactly something the same is you know no one's going to the gas chamber and you know whatever but i mean again again uh i i think that um i think it was one of those things that well disney was already the, the hashtag fire gina carino was i know somebody say it's not carina or whatever gina fire hashtag fire her was trending earlier when she denied the 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 mass thing and then she was talking about the voter fraud and stuff like that look i i just i really think at some point actors and actresses have got to get their shit together stop posting on fucking social media about shit that you have no fucking clue what you're talking about like just yeah. stop just stop yeah. uh, gary catlow says just found out the college house where buffy dies in scream 2 is miss miss trunchbull's house in matilda <laughs> fucking go figure hey there you of go. course it is of course it goddamn is. <laughs> Dirk Jason All says, y'all don't give yourselves enough credit. Y'all kicking ass, chewing bubble gum, and you're all out of bubble yum. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that, I like man. bubble yum. We're going to go get some zebra. Uh, what's, that, what's that shit called? That, that zebra gum? Remember that shit? Yeah. That shit was good. Or the ouch uh, band-aid uh, What that shit was that called? Fruitalocious? The bubblicious, the ouch band-aid bubble gum, zebra bubble gum. There was some good stuff back in the day. Remember the fucking chew? Oh, the, bubble, the, bubble, bubble, yeah, 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 bubble chew or whatever. Oh man, called. Yeah. big league chew, big league chew. That shit was big tasty, chew, man. That was the shit you'd want to buy baseball cards after eating that. Yeah, it went, it went bad real quick. It's a couple chews, it was gone. Uh, Austin Vergara says, Mike J. Oh my God, how are you guys? I've missed you guys. Sarah and my daughter Alina say hi. How have you guys Hello. been? What have I missed? Well, Austin, we had a Mike had a sex time. change. I yeah, <laughs> I did. I had a sex change. Uh, and I'm now Michelle. <laughs> like Michelle Mabel. <laughs> Michelle Mabel. Uh, but no, uh, been great, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. And give Sarah and Elena our best. Absolutely. Hey, we. Awesome. Uh, I, I started to say this like fucking forever ago when I forgot about it when we were talking about stuff. But so here's the thing. Friday we uh, are ninety percent not going to have a stream on Friday. Well, um, here's the here's the reason why this goddamn weather is it's coming down hard man like yeah. fucking bad like i'm actually really thankful that we were able to do this stream at all because we've got an ice storm warning um and uh it's pretty it's as bad as it was in 2009 in kentucky we could lose power i mean there was people that lost power for weeks but yeah, yeah uh i I'm, I'm down for doing a friday stream but we i don't yeah. know yeah i went to I, I went to kroger today and bought you know bought some flashlights bought some candles bought some bottled water because yeah, last time we lost power, that shit was rough. Um, don't want to really do that again. Hopefully we won't. But also, it just so happens to coincide with, again, like I mentioned earlier, 
it's uh, 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 my wife and I's anniversary. Uh, I have a daughter with a birthday this weekend, and we happen to be having a fucking psycho a- uh, ice storm going on around us. So we really don't know how plans are going to sort out as of now, but the plan right now is we're probably not going to have a stream on Friday. But hey, if, if the ice storm shuts everything down and shuts all of our plans down and it doesn't knock out our power or doesn't leave yeah. us in a place where we can't do the stream, then maybe we'll have a surprise stream on Friday. Hey, but man. We'll see. If we can, we'll, yeah. we'll do it. You know what? In two Mondays, it's going to be my birthday, and that's going to be on the Monday stream. Yeah, buddy. We're going to do it right. We've got, we're going to get together, and we're going to do a stream. On, you know, I, I want to celebrate with y'all. I was going to take it off. I'm gonna, but you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it with myself and my families. But no, I want to enjoy it with y'all. we got to do because something. Because in two weeks on Monday, well, we can't go like the karaoke like we used to. Like, yeah. It's gonna be, yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, it'd be cool. Hey, like, let's go uh, get COVID for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! Here's some COVID. Let's go. Let's go lick some toilet seats. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, on Monday, uh, not next Monday, but the Monday after, uh, uh, it'll be my birthday. So, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely do a stream then. I, because I, I was gonna actually be like, yeah, I'm not gonna do one. I'm just gonna, you know, chill at home and and then I'll be. Yeah, but you know, you guys are awesome, so it'd be cool to just do a stream with you guys and just do a birthday thing. So we'll figure something out. If we don't do a stream, maybe we'll get together and do something. I don't know. We'll figure something out though. We'll celebrate in some form mm-hmm. or fashion for sure, my friend. Vanessa, let's get it. Says I was late, so I didn't get to say. Remember when Mike said the Chiefs would whoop the Bucks' ass in the Super Bowl? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, Love I do remember Mike. that. I remember that one time when Mike's eyes got really far away and 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 like glass, like lens covered. When he remembered sure. that, and then sure. he got teary eyed, and yeah. he was like, "Shit." I yeah. wish my Green Bay Packers had been up there. Yeah, <laughs> I did. That was hard for me, dude. I was watching the first part of that game, and I just got this overwhelming sensation that grabbed onto my fucking cockles. And it was like, God damn it, the fucking Packers should be here right hey, dude, now. dude, you know what? You know what's honest, <laughs> though? Uh, if I know it would never happen, but if the Packers had played Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl, it would have been a way closer game. It had actually been a really fun game. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but... Uh, yeah, I talked about that earlier, Vanessa. Uh, you can go back and watch that. I apologize. I looked everyone directly in the eye, and I apologize for misleading them. Uh, uh, and I, I still have to do a Leatherface video as penance on the Patreon for uh, to cap in the NBA, uh, the NFL season. But uh, what I what I wanted to announce when I started blabbering my fucking mouth off 20 goddamn minutes ago was that even though we're probably not going to have a stream on Friday, we will have videos up because we have some in the tank. Number one. We got a Scream concept trailer reaction. Number two, we got an unboxing video. Number three, we got another unboxing video already filmed. Number four, we fucking... Jay came up here the other... Oh, shit, I just went dark. Look at my face, dude. <laughs> you look like you took a surprise dick in the fucking mouth. Hang on, I gotta get another battery. I gotta get a battery. Hang on. No, it actually looks like a surprise dick in the fucking butt. You're like, oh, it kind of feels weird, but I, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> oh man holy shit that was great uh you know it's the small things in life it's the little things as jared leto would say <laughs> or denzel washington in the movie the little things it's the little things that you gotta you gotta love because my face was like <laughs> <laughs> oh man that hey. was awesome there you go honey hey There you go, baby dog. Whoop. I see you back. Whoop. Whoop. Yeah, dude. I, I was saying, it's like Denzel Washington says, it's the little things that make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vanessa, we should be throwing you fucking 10 bucks for moderating the chat tonight. Really appreciate you and Courtney and, all, and Janae and all you guys. You're fucking awesome. Uh, but no, what I was going to say. 
Oh, well, oh yeah, gonna... suck that dick. Oh. Well, Get it down, goddamn! <laughs> Don't forget to crest the ball. Oh. Well, yeah, you say was. Um, no, uh, I like how you you leaned it up to make sure that you got that goose that taint. Uh, I mean, you, you stroked the shaft uh, with that tongue. Oh shit, he's going downtown. <laughs> uh, um, next Wednesday we got another big interview, Mike. P. Nelson, director of the new Wrong Turn movie, director yep. of the Domestics, is going to be on the show next Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, on the show to talk shit with us and hang out, hopefully have a few brewskis together and talk about mm-hmm. the new Wrong Turn movie. And by then, we'll only be one week from the uh, VOD release of Wrong Turn. Right on. That's going to be By the fun. way, I want to I want to grab this super chat real quick. Austin says Bullseye versus Hawkeye, who wins? I mean, if you're going to talk about comic books alone, man, uh Hawkeye probably wins just from the uh, superior training, but um Bullseye's a, a tough motherfucker, dude. He's an assassin. Like he's a he's a badass assassin and he knows how to do it right. Um, but yeah, I just feel like Hawkeye wins ultimately because Hawkeye is accurate as fuck with the bow and arrow. Plus he's trained as for the comic book, not the movie. He's trained in hand-to-hand combat by Captain America himself. Bullseye doesn't have that benefit. So Bullseye probably loses that fight. hundred percent. And if you want to see the card that says I had sex, I have it in my wallet. Okay. Cause I did. I know that I shouldn't know that kind of information unless I'm a, Bonafide virgin, but it ain't true. Get out of it. Get out of it. Braxton Wages says, Bullseye don't miss with you. I never miss. Well, maybe not the Colin (laughs) Farrell one. Connor Clary says, What's up, you horror fanatics? I totally spaced out that we have Nick Cage's movie Willie's Wonderland out this Friday. Oh, oh, shit. I forgot about that one, too. I think I asked for a screener for that, and I don't think they got back to me. So, fuck it. That movie's going to suck. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe I forgot to. Either way, we'll we'll review it when it comes out yeah. for sure. Austin says, "Oh, you already answered that." <laughs> Shut up, Gary. Farts, Mike. If you do have a live stream on Friday, you should use all those candles to do a seance. Sorry, I, that's not you. That's me. Was that a real? Was that a real thing? Uh, literally, dude. No. Well, when I went they to. Actually- Oh my God! Oh Gary, they actually asked that. Like I thought you were just making some shit up no. on the fucking why. No. Why the f- do they think you're a goddamn voodoo witch from New Orleans? I am. <laughs> when I spread my butt cheeks. No, you're not. Yeah, I, true, you it's funny, dude, because when I went out to get supplies just in case the power goes out, I was like, "We have a bunch of candles already. Do I really need to get candles?" But then I saw those Jesus candles, and the Jesus candles are those tall ones. You know what I mean? No, dude. The Don't tall, do it. thin ones. I know what you're talking about. But, the, the tall, yeah. thin ones. You yeah, know, why are you doing a jack-off motion? I'm just trying to show you the shape. The shaft? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I was did, just trying to girl. show you the shape of the candles. <laughs> uh, they have these tall Jesus candles, and they were buck twenty-five. So I bought, like, ten Jesus candles. So just in case we need to, like, pull the place up with candles, hmm. I'm going to have a lot of Jesus candles, a there lot of Jesus go. in my home. Okay? Uh, I ain't coming over. Well, I also got Satan candles. All right, well, I might be over then. Mix them uh, together. You gotta, you gotta find both sides of the rainbow, right? You gotta have both sides of the evil and the good. That's right. That's right. No, you gotta uh, mix. You, I just think it's so funny that that was specifically like you're gonna do a seance. Like they think you're some kind of 
Hey, this motherfucker watched uh, Paradise Lost <laughs> and think you're one of them boys from West Memphis, Arkansas. <laughs> he wears black. He wore black fingernail polish, and the motherfucker wears weird goddamn jewelry. Uh, hey, that motherfucker, a devil worshiper. I, I bet that fucking sheep wears a mask in Walmart. Probably. By the way, the Lock guy that they brought on stand during Paradise Lost, like this dude had a mail-in order uh, PhD. This motherfucker had a mail-in order PhD, dude. No shit. He got it with two proofs of purchase from uh, Kellogg's. Dude, he said he that. said that his experience, people that were in the uh, Satanism and the occult, they have uh, black fingernails, they wear black, uh, and, and, and they like to wear uh, like heavy metal band music shirts. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And when they asked yeah. him in the interview, they, they were like, they were like, uh, what did you, uh, you know, did you go to school? He was like, no, I didn't. Uh, I went ahead and got a, a mail-in order PhD, and that's pretty much what I did. And I just said, <laughs> like, it's, like, I was like, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like every fucking guy at my barber shop that I've ever heard talk about what they did on the weekend. Like, yeah, I became a doctor over the weekend. I got one of them mail-in brochures. I got one of them L.M. brochures that I became a doctor overnight. Hey, did you hear they have one of those about, uh, they have a, one of those true crime docs about the, um, that hotel, the Cecil hotel where all that, where that chick went crazy in the elevator and like disappeared and all that. Oh no. I, I, uh, is it out? Yeah, it's on Netflix, dude. Hey, Ooh, I want to watch that. Look, there was a lot of uh, paranormal shit on that. What are you doing, man? Oh, you smell it. You smell good. <laughs> hey, what's going on here? You got me on camera. It feel like me on cops. Oh my god, me didn't do nothing. Look, me, me, me told the squirrel to hold the package that me was gonna come back later on, but me didn't know it had drugs in it. Okay, not me fault that they might have emptied the contents and put drugs in it. He walked away. He said, "Fuck y'all." Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That actually, that would be a cool uh, documentary to watch because I remember uh, reading about that when it happened. Dude, that was some fucking scary shit. The way that she was looking out the elevator and stuff, and actually a lot of paranormal activity has been attributed to that. They were like she was running him from a ghost or a demon. And well, and I know that when she her body was found on the roof, yeah, they were like honestly the way that she was put in that, uh, you know, uh, the where they they found her. I don't know if it was like on some kind of water tower or whatever on top of the roof. They were like it. It, it's almost impossible. Like the amount of strength they would take to put someone in there and then put it back on top. Dude, that story is fucking crazy, man. I'm, I think I'm going to watch that tonight while I celebrate mm. our successful interview. I think I'm going to watch mm. that. Mm. I think I'm getting ready to do that here in a couple minutes right now. Woo! Well, we got 1040, man. We've been going for a while. We've been going since yeah. 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about time to shut her down. Let's get on out of here. Put her on ice before the weather takes us out because it's ice and I can hear it coming down on the roof. You know, kill the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah you guys uh give us all the positive vibes you can that we don't lose internet a and lose power b because we're on the national news by the way they gave mm -hmm. it a fucking name they named the storm what's it called ice age uh the ice age i would love if you had an ice storm warning and when you heard it it was like ice age <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any, any night our fucking shit can just shut the fuck down. You're pleased for mercy. I've left me cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, guys. Hey, every single one of you guys, every single one of you guys, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for showing up for the interview. Thank you for showing up for the so news fun, and the good man. times. 
Uh, always a great time. Uh, I'd love to show up with a surprise stream on Friday. If we could do that, we will. If not, I've got I've got videos that I need to edit and put up, so you'll see those as well. Yep. Some uh, Patreon stuff, some stuff that's going to go on the main channel. But thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. Amazing. Uh, and don't forget, uh, in two weeks from today, we're going to have Kevin Smith on to discuss his <laughs> – No, I wish, man. That would be – that would be insane. Oh, Maybe my God. Maybe one day. Maybe talking about someone like giving you a surprise dick in the ass. That would be how nervous and like surprised I'd be if we got Kevin Smith. But When I grow up and wear stretchy pants, Kevin Smith, come on, show. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Next week's going to be fun. Mike P. Nelson, we get to wreck his brain about wrong turn and maybe discuss some horror movies and what he might do differently with some other horror movies if he got the chance to. Yeah. That'll be fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, yeah, you guys uh, are awesome. Uh, in two weeks, my birthday is on Monday. I, I, I feel like we should just go ahead and do a live stream. Fuck it. I'll, I'll do a live stream. We'll do a celebration uh, on like on live stream. I like yeah. that idea. I'll do yeah. it. I'll do it with you. Okay. I'll make uh, you yeah. drink all sorts of weird beers. How's that sound yeah, for a birthday? You ain't going to do it. It's my birthday. I ain't gonna do it. I'm going to make <laughs> you drink the weird beer. I will. You're going to put, you put, <laughs> put some cocaine in your butthole. Uh, yeah, you can go snort it out. You snort it out of my butt. <laughs> no, I ain't going to. I'm going to blow it up there. I ain't okay. Gonna snort it up. Deal. All right. Hey man, it's, it's hard bargain. But like Mike said, man, we I'll are fucking honored and 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 goddamn shocked and rocked that so many of you guys showed up and and thank you guys. Make it a lot easier for these interviews because we do get nervous. We're not perfect. We're not professional in any capacity. And, uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And we're learning still. So yeah. thank you guys so much for the support. Have a great fucking Wednesday, guys. You made ours great. We love you. Stay safe out there, and pray that the. The ice storm doesn't take our power because that's the most important thing in the world. Did you get it, Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no Jenny, man. I ain't got no Jenny. No wait. What are you going to do on October 31st? What are you going to do on October 31st? Here comes that white-faced fucker, an asshole like no other. He's a big old piece of shit. Wants to stab your sister's tits because he's a white-faced fucker. Loomis can't recover. Dr. Challenge drunk again. Sleeping with your sister's friends. Do you want to know about the darkness? I said, God damn. God damn you, I said, God damn. A lot of people don't know the darkness that goes inside their hearts. I said, God damn. God damn you, Michael. Uh, uh, uh. What are you going to do on October 31st?